We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. What is up, Roto Grinders? We've made it to the NFL Pick Six Show, week number 18, 18, week 18, otherwise known as the Information Slate. Rich Rebar, Sharp Football Analysis. We got John Daigle as well. Uh, Wednesday night, we're recording this on a Wednesday night. We're going to do our best to uh, lay the, the foundation news, of course. We'll be trickling on through all throughout the week, all the way up to the bell, all the way up to Sunday. But, uh, you know, 13 gamer. Uh, the NFL got it right. I'm always I'm always upset when they like give us like ten early games and three late games, six early, seven late. Get excited! We can backload. Yeah, they always do this in week eighteen, though. They always always save it to the end. Well, they, they totally redeemed themselves, right? It's the it's the old dumb and dumber, right? I think they finally they roped up this all season long. No, we I think, I think they figured it out. Didn't have Saturday week eighteen, did we last year, Rich? Yeah, we did. It was oh. uh, drummer Josh Dobbs started. Oh yeah! Oh, you're right. His first career start, and probably could have won that game. It wasn't for that yeah. that sack fumble. Like they were live, they were drawn right. live. Uh, do want to get this out of the way? By the way, do want to mention if you guys want us to come back, we're thinking about it. It's not official. Maybe it's official. We're not really sure. But if you want us to come back for the playoffs, if you like this show, uh, show us some love. Show us some love in the comment section of the YouTube. Show us some love with the old uh, like button. Hit that like button. Do subscribe. Do turn on those notifications. We're probably coming back. It's almost definitely coming back. But you know. Either way, if we can Wild get card round is fun because you get two Thanksgiving sites. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's it's a lot of fun and like uh, you know we can fully dig in. Basically, that's the the structure of the show, right? We can and, focus and on like the way it's looking. Like I don't know what the games will be, but like the player pool for the wild card weekend looks like it's going to be just absolute heat, man. Like there's going to be some awesome wide receivers in the wild card round. 
and some miserable defenses to target them with. <laughs> <laughs> well, we're, we're probably going to have some overs. Are we going to have some totals over 50? Is that, is that what we're seeing in our future possibly? Maybe? Let's hope, man. Listen, the, the NFL, as far as, as wonky and down the season was, I do feel like the last – I'll have to check. I do feel like the last five or six weeks, like the, the, the games were relatively exciting and, and, and fun. We had some fun, at least main slates. I remember maybe because I was winning money. I remember I thought they were good, but yeah, <laughs> it's all relative. <laughs> the, the, the ugliest slate in the world I went on that was a great slate. The ones that are just amazing, like, you know, Cabo's football. I had to lose thousands of dollars. What a terrible slate! Why would we watch football? Let's 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 watch something else. Uh, hey, let's shout out the listener league. The listener league winner last week. Uh, the winner, I should say this: Fog Ducker. I pre- uh, the Fog Ducker. It's the Fog Ducker. Uh, hit me up on Twitter at DFS underscore Almanac. Hit me up in the comments here. We're going to get you one month, one month free of Rotor Grinders Premium. That's not just football for the record. That's all the sports, everything you think of, with the exception of NASCAR, all the bells, all the whistles, the optimizers. Uh, if you guys want to join this week's Listener League contest, the link will be dropped in chat. It'll be pinned on the YouTube. It's just five bucks on DK. You take it down, you get yourself a month free of RG Premium. I happen to win amongst us. So uh, later on in the show, I will nominate a movie for us to watch and discuss next week. Assuming we're doing a show next week. We're doing a show next week. Um, yeah, the Fog Ducker. Congratulations. And uh, yeah, Rich, um, you know, I, I don't want to go game by game as far as like, you know, with, with this motivation, that motivation. Right. But what there's, only your... two, there's only two games in total that have two teams that have officially been eliminated for the playoffs. So Jets, New England. Yeah, and Raiders, Broncos. Yeah. Uh, which is good, I guess, with the the extra wild card. I mean, this is what yep. they want. This is what they want. Lots of team with motivation, some potential tankathon stuff as well. We'll get into some like you know you just want to knock your rival out. It's essentially like your Super Bowl, I suppose. Maybe the Giants will get up to play against Philadelphia. Maybe Washington will get up to play against Dallas. But you know, good luck, I suppose. I will say r- ranking players this week already. Like it's already been news since then. Like what a what an adventure ranking ranking players was this week. I'm doing my after the show. I'm not looking forward to it. It's a (laughs) lesson, as always, to never play your league into week 18. The the quarterbacks, the quarterbacks that are already confirmed to starting this week are absolutely hilarious. Do you want to run down a couple of the names that are the the completely absurd names that are, you know, well, some we've already had, but we've already gotten confirmed that Blaine Gabbert is starting. He's the Kansas City Chief now, for those uh, that don't know. Uh, Purdy is not starting, so we have Sam Darnold. Carson Wentz, who is a Ram now. Some people might not know that Carson Wentz is a Ram because they actually started Brett Ripien (laughs) earlier in the year, but uh, Carson Wentz is there now, so he's already starting. Tyler Huntley is starting. Jeff Driscoll is starting for the Browns. I didn't even know he was on the Browns until they announced it. I, I swear to God, they I just, was like, they just you live in Cleveland week. and this is your job. Yeah, I was like, oh, all right. Uh, you know, we, we've already had guys like Stidham and, you know, Zappy uh, starting. You know, Jake Browning, who's actually a hero, actually, you know, a demon. We, he gets a rushing touchdown every week, so he's like a, a faux Konami guy. Easton Stick is still starting. We don't know who's starting for the Titans yet. Uh, we don't know who's officially starting for the Eagles yet. We think that it'll still be Jalen Hurts, but Sirianni's talked about sitting dudes already. Uh, so we're just waiting on, for, on more news throughout the rest of the week. Dago, did I miss your tweet? You always tweet out, I guess, because the, the fit fantasy football season is out. And it's like, you know, if you're playing week 18, you're, you're doing it wrong, obviously. But you always tweet out, like, these are the 19 guys that are hurt. These are the 19 guys you pivot to. 
But uh, yeah, that's <laughs> not a thing, right? That tweet it's is usually much. done on Tuesday morning, and that tweet would have been useless by Wednesday morning. So no, <laughs> not this week. I know better. I've done this for a while. Well, do you have a general approach? And it's like, yeah, I'm just trying to think like teams like I just don't want any players on and motivation is important. And we'll kind of talk about that. There are many teams that are fully motivated. Some teams it's kind of frisky. Like the, um, the Detroit one seems ridiculous. Like any other coach would rest their players, I think. Yeah. But yeah, I, it's a, okay. So they, they can move up if what Dallas win Dallas, they need Dallas and the and Eagles to lose. Like, come on. What's well, that exact? The box is like 20 to one. If and don't higher. forget and don't forget what happened to Brandon Staley last year. Uh, Brandon Staley played, they were, they were in the playoffs already. They could only jostle for seedings. Like I think they could have been the five or six seed and Mike Williams got hurt and was out the rest of the playoffs. They yes. Did not play the following week against the Jaguars and they blew that big ass lead. Uh, and we had watched the whole season. Herbert literally struggle like any time, like they were missing wide receivers and Mike Williams got hurt week 18. Dude. Could you imagine if Amon Ross St. Brown got hurt? Like or Jameer Gibbs got hurt. Like, I guess it would be, I guess the running backs, they'd find they'd, they'd still be fine. But that's if Amon Ross St. Brown got hurt or Laporta got hurt. That's why I was so happy. McFay came out today and said he's going to bench everybody because he was in this opportunity a few, few years ago. I believe it was 2020 and he played everyone through week 18. So I'm just glad that we're getting this news. What seems like earlier than usual and not having, having to navigate as much of starters playing one quarter and then just hating ourselves when we play those guys and they don't move on beyond that. I went through last week year, like, because I wrote, wrote up all the games for the worksheet and then I add stuff as news changes. And I went through last year and we actually didn't have hardly any spots where like guys were like outright resting last year. And this yeah. year, man, we, this year we already have several announced. I recall this time, this exact slate last year, I had heard, maybe I passed it along on the show, that Justin Jefferson by Sunday morning against Chicago was going for the record. Because remember, they they were planning on benching him. Or maybe it was week 17, and they did play him the first half, but that's when he had one catch, and they benched him afterwards. So it just seems like we're getting to avoid those kind of incentives and playoff motivation this year as it becomes clear the backups are being thrown in everywhere. And we don't have even from like, you know, everyone likes to talk about like the player incentive stuff. There's like really not a lot on the table this year. That's like even achievable. We had a guy on the site, Curtis Hirsch, write everything up. And like most of the stuff is pretty like long, long for these guys to even get to. Puka was the one that was going to get there. But even then he probably wouldn't have garnered ownership because everyone knows Four no, he, the second he catches that fifth pass, he's yeah. out of the. He's out of. Exactly. Are they gonna let him get the record? They he, needs four catch, he needs four yeah. catches. He's he has not been rolled out. Oh, he hasn't. Okay, that means no. four he, he gets he's gonna, but he has no ceiling, right? He has no. Ceiling oh no! Basically. The second he gets that fourth catch, he needs he needs uh, four catches and I think twenty nine yards, maybe thirty three yards. I'm it's twenty. Wrong. It's twenty nine. Yeah, but it's someone. Dude, the second he gets that, he's out of the game. Yeah, agree. <laughs> Dalvin Cook needs like 800 yards or so. I saw that one on Twitter, whatever the number was. That was good incentives. Uh, um, usually, though, to answer your question, Dean, the way I play it is I just try not to get sucked up in the chalk that everyone gravitates to in a week where we're going to have all kinds of backups to pivot to. Like right now, I don't know what you're what you're having. We'll talk about it throughout the show. But I think I saw already Richie James and Harrison Bryant are the two players getting steamed for their roles. And to me, it just seems like there's going to be stone men options everywhere. Well, the well, big yeah, one, listen. I think, is Christian Kirk on DK. <laughs> yeah, like, Christian Kirk yeah. would be funny. Uh, Christian Kirk actually could probably threaten Week 13 Zach Moss. 
<laughs> maybe because there's just so much on this slate that like people are going to have money to spend anyways that it won't be as bad as week 13 Zach Moss and yeah. the fact that he's also coming off of an injury but it is hilarious that both he's men on both prices uh both sites and dude we're live remember I came on a month ago and complained that I was holding an over ticket on Christian Kirk he needs he, he needs 39 yards so uh you're telling oh, me there's a chance you're telling me there's a chance and the thing is, the Jags are fully motivated. So, and I don't know how much he's going to play, and we'll see. Like, apparently, it looks like he's tracking to at least play or attempt to play. And we're not sure who his quarterback is, but I'm guessing it's going to be Lawrence. I'm guessing they've, Lawrence is going to come back. They've been playing everyone through injury this year, Lawrence included. So, I kind of think they just throw the kitchen sink at this game, given what they need. And they play Zay Jones. They just get everyone out there, honestly. All right. Uh, anything else we should just kind of mention is like an overall, like Seattle's motivated. There's a lot of motivated teams. Seattle, Minnesota, Green Bay, Atlanta, the Saints motivated against each other. Uh, Jacksonville, uh, Tampa, you know, Tampa's fully motivated. So there's a lot of teams that like you can just, if you just want to like stick in that pool, um, I, 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 we'll, we'll delve into it later, but I'm curious, like San Francisco, like how far do they go? Do they rest Mitchell as well? And it's like all of a sudden yeah. the third stringer for San Fran as far as the running backs. That's a conversation. We'll have to there have was already a beat. One of the beats, I'll have to track it down, but one of the beats already suggested Jordan Mason was probably at least going to get half the carries, if not yeah. more. That's Because yeah. uh, remember, Elijah Mitchell has been basically hurt all year. He's dealt with a knee injury since the preseason. They just got him back on the field. And I assume they want him for like an actual reserve if something were to unfortunately happen. To, to I believe it was Matt Barrows. And yes, he said he's unlikely to play for that very reason that he's been injured all year. So well, if Mitchell's just out, time. then it helps us. But like yeah. if Mitchell's like active and plays into whoever, that those are the hardest things, right? Like these guys that are going to play yeah, like a yeah. little bit. Cause like, it would be great to say, like, all right, if, like, Jaleel McLaughlin's going to play, like, the whole game without Javante Williams, that'd be cool. He'd be able to be played. But, like, we don't know yet, like, what the hell even a split would be like if you want to take a shot on something like that. That's kind of like the Eagles situation, too, which we'll dive into more. But, like, if the Eagles go back into halftime and the Cowboys are up by four scores, it's like, okay, yes. well, they probably Especially approach the second half. Especially starting, so. Yeah, they probably approach <laughs> the second half entirely different. <clears throat> Yeah, and then there's the, the teams like the Bears, right? Like, you know, that's kind of a tricky one too. Like, what is what is Chicago going to do? Uh, have they officially said with Fields? Uh, you know, he, they may trade him in the offseason. Certainly, they wouldn't get, they wouldn't want him to get injured going into the offseason. But they also want to stick it to the Packers. They definitely get stick it to the Packers, their biggest rival. Um, John, that's that's your uh, stopping grounds. So you have a, a, a lean, a take, but. Um, what, what do we think they're going to do there as far as uh, is Fields going to play a full game? Either he's going to play. Or, I assume he's going to play. I haven't seen any otherwise. I would think but, so because everyone's yeah. playing for their job. Uh, Rap Sheet reported over the weekend that Eberflus is likely to come back, but yeah. Getsy probably won't make it. This He has to showcase for himself in the offseason, but Fields is still playing for everything, like whether it's for Chicago or not. So I would imagine, yeah, they are competing and they're playing similar to the Lions last year against the Packers and just trying to spoil Green Bay. It yeah. feels very I mean, similar like, to that spot. I mean, you've yeah. got a team trying to build the culture up, uh, even whether or not they have Justin Fields or not next year. But as a, as a whole unit, I mean, the Bears are what, 5-1? and one? They even, I don't think they've beaten a team with a winning record, but they are 5-1, and one, I think, over the past six. So like they're in the same boat like the Lions were last year. And all those defensive contracts they gave out are large enough to where most of those guys are going to be back. So they're still playing for those guys too. 
this bleeds into the first game we're going to focus on Seattle, Seattle at Arizona, Arizona getting two and a half at home, 47 and a half is the total. Uh, Seattle fully motivated to win a game to make the playoffs. Arizona, John, this is the one, like Arizona, like they're right there in the tankathon. They're tied with other teams. Like earlier in the season, I was like, why are we even going to force back Murray? Like, you know, it's a lost season anyway. He's been fine. I don't know. I mean, they probably could have had the third pick maybe if they had won one, one last game. Uh, but I'm guessing Arizona is going to play their guys like McBride. Um, if he plays a full game, like I mean, we're going to have the salary for it. Um, what, what is your lean as far as this? And it's, it's a lot of guesswork here. Maybe you get the beat stuff on it, but I assume they're going to give it a go and like try their best. You say they're in the tankathon, but they don't know that. They're still playing their ass off. They were down 21 to 6 the half last week. Uh-huh. And they scored on every single second half possession. Uh, James Conner, nine explosive runs against the Eagles as well. So they're absolutely still competing. I still don't think Kyler comes back. I know Gannon is saying that, but how much say does the coach have in this matter given all the picks they'll have going into 2024? Regardless, though, that Everyone said they were tanking at the beginning. Everyone said they were tanking the middle of the season. And here we are. They are still fighting and playing. A lot like, honestly, Belichick and this Jets. We're, we're not going to talk about that game much overall. But, I mean, the Patriots, <laughs> had ever, the Patriots had every reason to give up in the first quarter after watching Bailey Zappi play. And, dude, they were fighting their asses off. The defense is not going away. So uh, there are just still players out there, man, that are still giving it everything. And honestly, whenever you see Mason Rudolph and the Steelers average 6.6 yards per play, then we should talk about this offense of the Cardinals as a whole. I still don't want to chase Kyler Murray in this spot. Uh, even last week, we said he hadn't reached his ceiling yet. And he did end up having a good, a great overall game, honestly, for fantasy. To me, it's still a spot where I'd prefer to continue riding James Conner. It's now four weeks in a row where he's been a top 12 running back. Uh, Three of those also a top five finisher fantasy too. And so just given how poor Seattle's defense has become injuries. Yes, but overall they've just fallen apart. So are they motivated? Sure. But overall, man, this thing just seems like it's run its course already. The tankathon is interesting, right? Because the coaches, they're they're coaching for their job, that kind of thing. Now management might have something to say, but, Arizona's four and twelve. Washington's four and twelve. They're almost definitely going to lose. New England's four and twelve. They might accidentally win because somebody's got to win that game against the Jets. Uh, and then there's several games that are several teams that are five and eleven. The Giants, the Chargers, the Titans. You know, uh, Arizona can certainly fall out of the four spot. There currently looks like they're in the four. Might be like a coin toss situation. I'm not sure what the tiebreaker may be. Um, but yeah, uh, certainly interesting as far as the Arizona offense. Seattle's going to be full of make fully motivated. Oh, shout out! To, I think it was. Uh, Rich, I think it was you last week that was highlighting James Conner. And he mm-hmm. was awesome. He was kind of a slate breaker last week. He was spectacular. Um, Philadelphia. Yeah, did. Uh, Drew, Pet- Drew Petzing the entire year, like a uh, low-key amazing job, uh, their Cardinals offensive coordinator, like especially in the, the design of the run game. Their run game has consistently been largely good the entire season. It's punched up. It's it's like responded in matchups that it should not have for sure. So uh, who do we like on the Arizona side? We're going back to Connor. Um, oh, yeah, uh, definitely. I mean, dude, did you, I mean, that game, they could not stop either Steelers running back. It did not matter. And this isn't just a one-game sample. I mean, their past six games, they're 31st in yards for carry a lot of the running backs. They're 29th in success rate against running back runs. They're 31st in rate of runs to go for a first down or touchdown. They've allowed RB scoring weeks to Derrick Henry, Tony Pollard. 
Christian McCaffrey, Najee Harris, J- Jalen Warren. I guess McCaffrey doesn't really belong with those other guys, but uh, it's happened. Uh, so, yeah, definitely Connor stands out to me. There's been 44 running backs, 100 or more carries this season. He's fifth in yards per carry. He's sixth in success rate, sixth in explosive run rate. He's eighth in rate of runs to go for a first down touchdown. He's first in yards after contact per carry. He's had an excellent year. Uh, he just missed the middle of the year when we were trying to push Amari Di Mercado and uh, other bums hmm. through the through the gates. Is there a chance they kind of like uh, they, they're just going to let him finish this, uh, the season strong? Yeah, like, you know, the Cardinals have given us no indication to this point that they are not right. here just fighting. Okay, yeah, like it, I, I don't totally get it. Um, but by the way, I don't want to alarm the bells on a Wednesday night. There's a lot of things to be alarmed about, and again, stay tuned. But there is some weather lurking. I guess the worst weather game looks like New England. Not here, there isn't. Not uh, not in Arizona. Indoors. No, 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 no. Yeah, I was just I just pulled up the weather page and I just uh, just as an aside. Overall, uh, I didn't realize that one of them was Pittsburgh, Baltimore. That's on Saturday night, so that's not a big deal uh, as far as our conversation for the main slate. Two games are orange currently, currently according to a chief meteorologist Kevin Roth. Uh, some yellows to keep an eye on uh, in Miami, the Giants, and Cincinnati. But uh, the Them Seattle side, that Raven Steelers game in Island game was a was a, was a, was a choice. That was the decision. What uh, what could they have picked instead? I don't know, man. Anything, right? Like the <laughs> <laughs> Jets, New England. You know what? They could have put Jets, New England on just as like an experiment and see like if they still get like fifteen million people to watch that nonsense. Because I saw Thursday night football was up twenty five percent this uh, this year in ratings. Whatever they throw on there, people are going to watch NFL. Like it just it's got the seal. Like people just have to watch it. And I'm it's, not saying you should. <laughs> it's absolutely perfect too that Brad Allen is calling the the primetime Steelers Ravens game just Chef's Kiss NFL. I said the punishment was too harsh. Like I know he really screwed up, but forcing him to watch the Steelers live in person to work it. Like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, my my only thing with choosing that game is it was blatantly obvious after the Ravens won that game, like their guys weren't going to play. Yeah. So yeah. like to choose that game for an island game when you know like one side's gonna half mass it, like. That that was a choice to make to choose that game of all the games. Brett Hundley's agent excited about it, but he's also nervous if things go the wrong direction. But uh, maybe it's, it's the Huntley Showcase game, I suppose, for Baltimore. Uh, talk to me about Seattle, Rich. How do we feel about the Seahawks this week? Yeah, so I, I like this spot actually for the Seattle offense. If you remember, these teams met earlier in the season. Because remember, we we have two teams that was our last chance to play guys against these defenses. We don't know high variance. These defenses could end up being good next year. We'll see. But this Cardinals defense and the Commanders defense, like this is the last time we're going to spend with the, with these units. Uh, obviously, Cowboys <laughs> very clear. But, I mean, still, even the, this Cardinals defense is the one I want to pick on. And if you remember when these teams played uh, earlier in the year, we saw Geno Smith have one of his better games. He completed 75% of the passes. He averaged 9.1 yards for pass attempt. But Arizona only scored 10 points and only had 249 total yards in that game. Gene only threw nine passes after halftime. We've already yeah. seen now in that game, they didn't have Kyler Murray, they didn't have James Conner, and Zach Ertz was still their primary tight end. Uh, with Murray, James Conner, and Trey McBride on the field this season at the same time, the Cardinals are averaging 5.6 yards per play compared to 5.2 yards per play when those players are off the field. That's a difference from being eighth in the NFL in yards per play to 31st in the NFL. So we're actually probably going to get some pushback. I mean, Arizona probably is outright live to win this game anyways. Mm -hmm. So we're going to get pushback for Geno Smith against this defense we've targeted all year that doesn't pressure the quarterback. They're 28th in pressure rate. Uh, In week seven, Geno Smith was only pressured on 35% of dropbacks as his fourth lowest rate 
in a game this season. And that's huge because Gino has like jarring splits when he's pressured or not this year. When kept clean, he's completing 73% of his passes at 10th in the NFL, uh, 8.4 yards for passing. That's fourth in the NFL. When he has been pressured, he's only completing 51% of his passes, 5.3 yards for pass attempt. Uh, when he's pressured, he's last in the NFL in air yards for pass attempt. When he's kept clean, he's 10th in the NFL in air yards for pass attempt. So, like, we're getting probably some pushback here on this passing game, which really is kind of funneled into being DK Metcalf and the ancillary guys. We've really seen Jackson Smith and Jiggler close the gap on Tyler Lockett over these past six weeks. They almost have identical splits. Uh, but DK Metcalf, has over his past eight games, he's fourth in the NFL in receiving yards. He's tied for third with six touchdowns. I do know three of those came in one game, uh, but he has at least 94 yards receiving in four of his past six games played with Geno Smith. Uh, we typically do like DK more against these man coverage teams versus these zone based teams, but he still is on play. If you're, if you want to stack Geno, I mean, you have to be looking at a guy that is, you know, third in the NFL in end zone targets. They even blitzed Hertz last week on 87% of his dropbacks, but it didn't matter. They they only got pressure on him on 25% of the time. So it's like even in the rare case where they send the house, even without some starters potentially in Seattle's offensive line, it just doesn't seem like a spot where they can get there at all against opposing quarterbacks. Talk to me, John, about Seattle uh, Metcalf, or uh, we should bring Kenny Walker, Kenneth Walker into the conversation as well. Um, 25 point team total here for Seattle, fully motivated. It's the biggest, uh, it's the biggest total on the board, 47 and a half Seattle versus Arizona currently. Um, so this game is going to be pretty popular in a, in a dome as well, a fully motivated Seattle team an Arizona team that we think is going to just, you know, punch back and try to spoil for Seattle, uh, unless otherwise noted, uh, talk about the Seahawks here, John. Again, they punched back against a Eagles team that was trying to win the division and now probably won't. And yeah. in this spot, it's the perfect one for Ken Walker. Even in the last month, the Cardinals are the only team allowing nearly a quarter of the runs, 24% against them to gain 10 plus yards in the ground. So it's just the, the perfect matchup, honestly, for Ken Walker, who's boomer bust in himself. Not only that, but these last two games, even while battling an injury, Ken Walker, I nearly, I was prepared to take him down to the wire as a late swap last week, but then we did get the Schefter bomb overnight Saturday about Walker likely playing. But even then now, he's handled 87% of the team's running back carries these last two games. Zach Charbonnet, although he popped up at the team's pass catching back and has still seen more targets in this span. Uh, just really game flow, game script, and how they use them now has really backed off over the last month. So sure, it's it's pretty much the perfect matchup for Walker if you want to take a chance in the volatility in tournaments. McBride is currently our best raw points tight end. It's close. He's got a little bit on Laporta. Uh, ooh, this I, I tight end slate is. Ooh. I still can't believe that like Laporta is going to play like a lot. I, I guess well, we're not going to have Njoku. We're probably not going to have Kelsey needs. I think Kelsey actually is like 16 yards away from a thousand. So they might try to do the same thing where they just give oh. him some catches. Uh, but I don't know if Andy Reid, if Kelsey even cares about thousand yard seasons at this juncture of his career. Uh, but we're not going to have Njoku. What's that? Is Noah Gray's two five? I'm I'm sure that's not gonna. I mean, as a cheapy tight end, right? I'm sure. Yeah, Noah playing Gray, with Blaine Gabbert be... though. I mean, granted, he's well, still yeah. in, so but I mean, it is like because we're gonna have like Harrison Bryant too playing with Jeff Driscoll. It's not gonna be hard to talk yourself <laughs> into these guys, but uh, this tight end slate is rough. Like, it, there's some guys off the board. Jeff Driscoll yeah, should um, be a tight end since that's what he was last year. 
We won't have Isaiah Likely either. No. It's um, been like a, a nice, you know, boon here this last month. You got a fully motivated Evan Ingram. You have a a pretty motivated, you know, unless the scores get out of hand for both these teams, I suppose, Ferguson and Goddard. I, I feel a little better about Ferguson because, like, if they pull ahead, Goddard might get taken off the field. There's going to be some scoreboard watching there. Chico Conco uh, from if it's Ryan Tannehill is it's kind of interesting in that game. Uh, I'm I'm worried it's going to be Malik Willis, but we'll wait and see. It feels point chasey, but honestly, he does have a so- he's been solid not just last week but the past month. Juwan Johnson has been solid, and he's obviously on a motivated team that's and the matchup is there. So he could end up being a, end up being really popular by the end of the week. But man, it's a it's a gross tight end slate. If you had to guess on a Wednesday night, who the you know who's the one one? You're doing a tight end draft. Is it McBride? It's McBride. It's McBride for sure. Okay. Yeah, I, I was doing some underdog drafts and then I, I had him number one again. I was a little sketch as far as you know Arizona motivation, but it does seem like I guess they're just sort of you know they're just going to play out the string and you know be competitive and that's that. Like so, like you said, you pointed out last week. They absolutely could have went to bed versus Philadelphia, and they decided against that because they've they won more the... games in Pennsylvania, I think, than Arizona. I'm not even sure. <laughs> that's a good stat. Didn't know that, but that, that's yeah, where uh, uh, were their wins. They definitely beat the Steelers, though. And, uh... Well, they got four wins. Well, maybe that was their one on the road that was not not in, not in Pennsylvania. No, two, not two in Arizona. Arizona, two in Pennsylvania. So there you go. The I forgot they beat the Cowboys earlier in the year. So that game feels like another season there. <laughs> Forgot it happened. Uh, John, you got anything else as far as Seattle, Arizona? Shall we move on? I think we pretty much covered it. James Conner, DK Skinnies are my favorite way to go, but Gino will be in my quarterback pool as we just mm-hmm. try to navigate off the cheap quarterbacks because there are some there are some mid-price, expensive guys in good spots here. DK Skinny, like a Connor and either Walker or Metcalf, or maybe one of them. Maybe I guess you can play both of them, the same, the same lineup, something like that. Yeah, I wish I wish we could guarantee Greg Dortch. It's like we said last week. Anytime he gets snaps, he's just one of those guys who always Baller. does well. But again, they were down, you know, three scores after the half. So they went to three wide sets. Not sure we'll get that here. It's just questionable. But yeah, Greg Dortch is awesome. He's good at football. He's fun too, which I like. Yeah, I yeah. doesn't get any fantasy points, but he's definitely. He's definitely fun. Bears again, Greg Dortch. Someone give him a someone give him a real shot. <laughs> I feel like his him. his career is like uh is on the, like the Rashard Higgins path. Like, remember that dude? Like we kept like saying, like, yeah. oh, this dude's a baller, and just like he just never never got a real shot. Dorch got twenty five. got Dorch's UDFA contract got picked up uh like literally one of the first 24 hours of free agency last year and i was so disappointed because i really thought he could make a little bit of money and get an opportunity he's still young bears he's 25 yeah i just looked it okay. up yeah, he's, he's still, he still has some uh he's still he's still got a shot yeah, yeah i mean his, his college profile was good too like this dude put up some numbers in college he could not have been a high draft pick right because of his size he, i don't think he was drafted no oh well there you go um all right. I think I think he had like 90 catches his last year with Wake with Wake Forest though. Uh the Bears take on the Packers, the old rivalry 44 and a half as a total Packers are three-point favorites. And that kind of tells you, right? I think the Bears are going to get up for this, you know, uh Green Bay has all the motivation in the world uh to get this win. They, they want to win this to get to the playoffs. Uh the Bears it's a little bit murky, but you want they want to beat their rival for sure if nothing else, I would imagine. Uh, Jordan Love, I heard like he's gonna be extra motivated because he has some stuff in his contract. Like, I guess uh, if they win, um, well, you know, he's gonna make better passes, I guess. 
I've been told on Twitter because of that reason. He wasn't fully think, motivated, but not, I think that, that like Dalton there. Schultz, like the Dalton Schultz incentives talk. I'm pretty sure those guys also care about going to the playoffs. Uh, like yeah. the extra, you know, the extra couple hundred K is great, but I'm pretty sure they're worried about actually going to the postseason. There's a lot of nuance to that conversation. Like, I, I don't know if we'll get into it or not. Like, I think his like, incentive is based on them making the playoffs, right? Let me see. It's, yeah, yeah. He, he gets five hundred K. He gets five hundred K if they make the playoffs. I think Gino has one too. Uh, if you have that, Gino gets up. two million if they make the playoffs. Yeah, and he's probably not getting. I mean, I'm sure he's doing fine, but he's probably he doesn't have like this ridiculous contract. I don't think he's got. Or no, no, he, he got a decent contract right after last year. I think they extended him. Baker they, has they like a bunch bit. of goofy things. Like Baker has a like a zillion incentives this week if they make the playoffs and like he finishes in like the top five in the NFC in all these categories, which he actually is in right. Like currently, like is like top five in like all these categories. Baker Mayfield's fourth in the NFL in passing touchdowns. Like, that's what, yeah. What Jordan Love is, is just like not getting Jordan hurt. Love is th- Jordan Love is thirty passing touchdowns. He's third in the NFL. He's got one fewer passing touchdown. Brock Purdy, two fewer than Dak Prescott. What? what uh, Most of that though is staying healthy, right? Most this is why this is why Dangle was like a four for four. Like they because he he bad mouthed Jordan Love <laughs> in week one and Paulson Paulson <laughs> axed him. You know, I was right the first eight weeks. <laughs> uh, Rich, you want to open up the Bears and the Packers? Yeah, this is an interesting matchup uh, because obviously the Bears defense has been playing really well, and Jordan Love's been playing really well the back half of the year as we as we led into. So, like, what kind of wins out in this particular matchup? Uh, you know, over the past seven games, they've really kind of reined Jordan Love in. That's been kind of the key. Is he was kind of like this erratic downfield thrower the first half of the year, and they got him like really settled in in like the quick game. Uh, you know, he now uh, over his past seven games is 20th in deep deep ball rate. Uh, only 30.8% of his passes have traveled 10 or more yards downfield. That got, went from fifth to 16th. He was second in the NFL in deep ball rate. He's 20th now over that span. Uh, he went from 9.2 air yards per target down to 7.8. He was leading the league in air yards per target. And then over this back half of the season, he's 15th. Uh, the quick game, the efficiency. Uh, has been there for the Packers. Now we'll see what wide receivers. That's the other thing is we'll see who's up for this game. Uh, It looks like Christian Watson is going to try to play. Now, if you follow the Packers for the the years, like they are one of these teams, like the Rams, like they're notorious, like into sports science, right? They're very precautionary with these guys that are coming back from injuries. We've done this dance with Aaron Jones all year, right? And Mm -hmm. then they've ramped these guys up. So even if Watson plays, I imagine it'll be like when he came back earlier in the year and is like a, like a 30 to 40% route participation guy, third downs, red zone, stuff like that. Jaden Reed did log a practice. We'll see if he's able to be up for this game. We know Romeo Dobbs is going to play, and we know what we get out of Romeo Dobbs. He's literally Green Bay Gabe Davis. Like, did he score a touchdown? <laughs> Check Fox, yes, he was good. Check Fox, no, he was worthless. Uh, we don't know if Dontavian Wicks is going to play. We saw Bo Melton, who actually had the first 100-yard receiving game for any Packers receiver this season. It's been more of a, wow. kind of a, a flat spread with these guys. So we'll see what wide receivers there. Uh, Luke Musgrave practiced at the end of last week, so we don't know if he's going to be up, but we'll follow that. If we don't get him, we've get another full allotment of Tucker Craft on this slate where we kind of just ran down, right? Like, we don't know, but at least we can say Tucker Craft to be on the field. If there's one area the Bears have been bad this season against that the Packers can exploit them, it's running backs out of the backfield, although Aaron Jones hasn't caught any passes the last three weeks, but mm-hmm. and then tight ends. Those are the two things that have really hurt the Bears. They haven't really – they've defended wide receivers in the boundary and the vertical game really well, 
but tight ends and running backs on the backfield have kind of been their kryptonite. Kraft has been really consistent, basically getting six targets and 10 fantasy points. Um, you know, uh, we'll see. And, you know, cheap piece there if you want to connect them with love. The receivers, it's kind of tricky to figure out, certainly on a Wednesday night, because we don't know the status, but Reed, Watson, and Wicks are all questionable. Stay tuned on that. Uh, like This could be a really talented receiving core. It's like, I don't even know. They're all it's young. I think it's the youngest. I think it's the youngest receiving core in the in the in the NFL. I feel like Watson's got a ton of potential. He keeps getting those hamstrings. Reed looks spectacular. Dobbs, like you said, is kind of you know, Yo-Yo has his moments for sure, but also the floor can be rough. Um, yeah, interesting to watch them going forward to see if uh they continue this group. But all right, John, your thoughts as far as uh Green Bay, the receivers, the run game. Uh Aaron Jones was mentioned there. Would he get a little bit more in a game that fully matters? We don't know. He's also, I guess, questionable right now, dealing with a what a knee and a finger. But uh, I presume he's going to be fine. Stay tuned on that, I suppose. But what's your read as far as the Packers? Feel free to jump over to the Bears. It's as Rich mentioned. Aaron Jones has been getting a lot of more still. Even these last two games, forty-three touches. The issue is that the targets, for whatever reason, are not coming along now. Perhaps because it is going to all the wide receivers to get the ball out of Jordan Love's hands quickly instead. But Now, these last three weeks, just eight total targets for 7.9% target share. And so you would think that's where we would want to target Aaron Jones, since even with Montez Sweat, the Bears have been leaking production to running backs coming out of the backfield. Last week, even, Tyler Algier had that 75-yard screen in the snow. James Conner and Amari DiMercato the week prior totaled 12 catches against Chicago. So it's still a spot where I may play Aaron Jones. Um, depending on how the receivers shake out. And that situation is just all touch and go. And we're going to have to wait and see on Friday and Saturday. Uh, I I do want to talk about the Bears, though, because I think it's one of my favorite spots on the entire slate. Because we did have everyone calling for Joe Barry's head immediately when Tommy DeVito, Baker Mayfield, and (laughs) Bryce Young went 27-40 to for five touchdowns and no picks on throws 10 yards downfield in three consecutive games. And then the Packers just showed their cards and they drew Jaron Hall, a fifth round rookie on Sunday night football who got benched last week. So that defense is still the same thing. They just happened to run to Jaron Hall. And now you have fields coming out who since his injury, these last six starts averaging 32 passes and 11 and a half carries basically getting Jalen hurts usage. And then last week, Finally, maybe because everyone's asses are on the line and it's just now catching up to them, they finally moved DJ Moore around similar to how the Cowboys have been using CeeDee Lamb and giving him a season-high 19 routes from the slot too. So Fields, DJ Moore, find your favorite Packer to run it back with. I think that's one of my favorite stacks on the entire week. Narrative-wise, I just feel like it'd be good for the conversation going into the offseason if Fields has like an awesome game, uh, you know, in week 18, and it builds the tension, it builds the conversation even more as far as if they should trade him, if they should not trade him. Um, and it's, again, another nuanced conversation because I think a lot of it is salary stuff, right? If you can get a stud quarterback, um, you know, through the draft that doesn't cost you anything, that's like that's like the nuts. Uh, it's really, really hard to do. Like Justin Herbert for the Chargers, now it's going to come up at some point, sure. But uh, now he's going to get paid, and maybe the Bears don't want to pay him, but yeah, Rich, your thoughts here as far as Chicago. You like that narrative I just came with that? You know, it's mm-hmm. it, I'm creating one, but I just feel like it's yeah. I don't want to get into like the whole like discourse of like what the Bears should do because that's going to happen for three months. Uh, the second uh, this game yeah. ends, 
But uh, I will say, like, from an actual fantasy stance, like, Fields has to show a lot more as a passer. I mean, he's still only averaging 10.4 passing points per game since he came back from injury. And Joe Barry and the Packers have had his number. So we'll see if he can come overcome this demon. I mean, he's 0-5 against the Packers. He's thrown just four passing touchdowns in this game. The Packers kind of have know what to do against Fields. And you, the th- So the key to Fields is, is you play a ton of zone coverage and you don't blitz him. That's like the MO on Fields. You got to make him process. He's awesome against the blitz. He is like really great. When he sped up and just plays football, he's really good. Green Bay's only blitzed him 23% of the time in their five games. It's well below their normal blitz rate uh, overall, which is 30%. Uh, and when they have blitz fields, he's eight, he's averaging eight, eight, 8.8 yards for past him, two touchdowns, zero interceptions. And this is a five game sample. Uh, in week one, they, they tried to blitz him on 15 dropbacks. Fields was nine of 11 for 96 yards and his touchdown. Uh, when they haven't blitzed fields, 6.6 yards for pass attempt, two touchdowns, seven interceptions. Uh, it's kind of been the MO for him is if you just don't, you got to make him read and process. Uh, and we'll see if the Packers play that way again. They are getting Jerry Alexander back. They, they did get a couple of guys back last week as well. Uh, I think the, the sneaky guy here for the Bears is Khalil Herbert. Uh, absolutely the weakness of this Packers defense is running the ball down their throat. Uh, and we've seen Khalil Herbert now two weeks in a row. The Bears, interestingly enough, lean into Khalil Herbert as their early down back, even though he also is a undrafted free agent or uh, going to be a free agent <laughs> this offseason. But, I mean, since week 10, the Packers have gotten absolutely smoked on the ground. So he becomes pretty interesting. Uh, I have no problem playing DJ Moore because he's, he's DJ Moore having the, literally the best year of his career. So uh, I'm fine. It doesn't look like we're going to get Cole Komet. I would think he's probably doubtful uh, to play in this game. But, yeah, I mean, I think Khalil Herbert's pretty interesting, though. The one thing with Moore is, like, again, like any sort of injury, and we've seen him have, like, multiple in-game injuries. A lot of times he toughs it out. A lot of times he goes out there. And he's like a decoy. I know he's like a Wolverine. He's, he was 98% healthy last week he was talking about. But, um, like, you know, there's no – if he has any sort of hiccup, maybe he doesn't gut it out. But I guess – He's I'm not my favorite pay-up guy. I just don't have a problem with him if you're stacking it. I mean, he is, he is really yeah. wide wide split two versus man and zone coverage, like we talked about probably because of fields, right? Like because uh, of the field stuff. I mean, he's second in the NFL in receiving yards against man coverage. But uh, – his yards per, or his target rate drops 10% uh, against zone coverage versus man, and his yards per outrun literally are doubled uh, against man coverage. It's amazing the Falcons just decided to man up last week. Play that's what they play. do. They put AJ Terrell on dudes. That's like how yeah. they play, and it you know it, it's worked for a large part of the season. But when it hasn't, you give up big plays. I feel less excited about Fields after that whole rundown there, uh, Rich. I know you weren't intending to do that, but that's just the way you kind of. Uh, I mean, he comes out. with the legs, right? Like the, the whole thing yeah. is like a rushing with him, but like that's the the thing. Like as great as Justin Fields has played, like eventually in the NFL, you have to be able to throw the ball efficiently, and like we still have not seen that consistently from Justin Fields. Especially if he doesn't have commits, you know. I, I like that safety blanket of, of commits and more. Again. There's a little bit of fragility there. I, certainly, I'm willing to play him. Certainly, I know the upside. He could be the, the, the wide receiver one for the week, absolutely. But, you know, there's a little bit of downside. But I suppose, like, you're supposed to swing big, right? You're, 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 not, you're not playing the min cash. You want to take a tournament I, down. I'm seeing where his ownership goes, too. I, I don't yeah. know what you have it at, Dean, right now. But <laughs> if oh we – every This week. This week. Doesn't Sunday, matter. Sunday. Yeah. Ownership <laughs> might not even be. Uh, <laughs> and, and it seems like I've tried to get fields right – 
you know, every week this year and I always get it wrong or, and when I do end up playing him, he's 15 to 20%. So I'd like to see where it goes. Cause I do want to take on the low ownership for the volatility. Our projection team didn't even bother. We have no current ownership sure, right fair. now on, on Wednesday. No complaints. Yeah. I mean, it'll be up obviously at some point, but like, there's yeah. no reason. Like it's just silly and it's a waste of time. Um, all right. Uh, John, we got anything else here as far as Chicago and Green Bay? That's about it for me. The only thing, Rich, I'm just curious about the game script. Obviously, if uh, the Bears are hanging around, like, is it still Herbert? Since 66% of his carries these past two weeks have come when they've been leading by two scores, um, since they've had favorable game scripts here against the Cardinals and Falcons. That's that's my only concern about Herbert, because I did initially write down Herbert, but then I thought maybe I can pivot off of fields, two fields and more instead. Yeah, Herbert will be low someone, under the slate. He, I know that. Yeah, he's only someone I'd look at for like large field stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Do you think uh, the separation Herbert for, for, versus Johnson is is big enough? Like you feel okay about it? Well, it's just uh, it's compartmentalized. Like they like they all kind of hit it. It's literally we know like how they're being used. Yeah. The yeah. one the one time they threw us off was the one game before their bye against Minnesota where they used Roshan but I feel like that was because of Brian Flores blitzing and Roshan is their more trusted pass protection back. Also another zone heavy team. If you want to go back to those Justin Fields splits and remember how he looked that night. Gosh, <laughs> that, that was that game in my opinion, though, is why Getsy should get fired. Cause that's what they only called screens as well. Gosh, that game, but that, that might've been the worst game of the year. To be honest, yeah. if we go back if, and we like were to rank games one, one through 272, <laughs> that game is probably 272, right? Like, I don't, the one, <laughs> the one time they went downfield, that was the last drive when DJ Moore had the 30 yard catch and put him in winning field goal territory. It's like, why do you do this I, all game long? That game. Jets awful. New England might, might have something to say about being the worst yeah. game. Like, don't, don't sketch that in just yet. Like the, 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 the first Jets New England game was really bad as well. Every everyone's gonna spend up for Brees Hall though. Like Brees Hall is gonna be the Christian McCaffrey on this slate. I I, I don't know. Like I, I honestly have no clue what the field's gonna do, but like that makes sense. I hear it. Um we'll see. But like again, the Jets aren't fully motivated, and why would they wanna have, have him dings going into the offseason? Um yeah, it's Some it's those, a tough conversation that man, yeah. Like J- Joe Flacco has been awesome, don't get me wrong, but there were some business decisions out there last Thursday. That some some of those arm <laughs> tackles were like, "Buddy, we got one week left, and we're going to the beach." Yeah, you got yeah. to uh, you you got to remember too, like uh, going into that game. And I didn't expect Joe Flacco to throw for three hundred yards in that game. I was of course I not. was really wrong uh, for that. But like, there was a couple weeks there where the Jets, you could tell, like they their defense had kind of been like, "Dude, we've carried enough water this season." Like, yeah. f these guys, like f this, like. <laughs> We got I mean, two people hanging out in the chat. By the way, sweat. Uh, let's see, Brian and Historical Anomalies. They're both well actualing us because uh, Vikings Raiders three zero. Yeah, that's we, a good one. We, no, just the Vikings. Every Vikings game. <laughs> it's the old Virginia Tech. Uh, so every Josh Dobbs, every Josh Dobbs game. <laughs> you know, did Dobbs ever sign? Ever get his contract in that like three week window? I hope he did. I hope he got some money. Uh, obviously, he's got stuff to fall back on. There's, There's a, a chance. There's a chance he starts this week since Kevin O'Connell hasn't named a starter yet. Yeah, they, he named Mullins the starter. Oh, did he? Okay. Yeah. Okay. Uh, that means Justin got... Jefferson's back in play, boys. Mm-hmm. We have the money for it, and Minnesota is motivated. Uh, we'll talk. Well, we'll that, talk that game did not crack the top three. We'll talk about it in a second. I see Swaggy P in chat saying, Ty God. There you go. That's the segue to our last game. All three of these games John picked are in the late window as well. Again, seven games in the late window. 
six mm -hmm. early. So take those screenshots if you're up. I may, early. since I don't have a show Monday, I may go out with the people. I may go out to the streets of Chicago and watch a Bears game. Cheer them on well, with everyone. Well, wait, the game's in Green Bay, John. No, but to a bar. Since usually oh, I, I, I got you. Since I can't <laughs> do that usually. Yeah. I got you. Fair enough. Yeah, that'll be fun. Where's the uh, wine party in Chicago? I may go find it. What else do I have to do? Philadelphia is taking on the Giants. The Giants are getting five and a half, four and a, 41 and a half is the total. The motivation here is a little bit tricky, John, right, for Philadelphia because they have a chance uh, as long as Dallas loses, but Dallas is playing Washington. Washington is terrible. They're playing at the same time. They're probably going to be scoreboard watching. I don't really know how to sort of gauge this. I feel a little better about Dallas than I do about Philly because Dallas has to do the winning to, like, knock Philly out, right? So also I think the that they're five gonna... seed is low-key advantageous. What's the – talk me through it. I, I don't know. You, you, play the, you play the NFC South winner. Tampa, possibly. Probably. Maybe. Yeah. Okay. As opposed to playing. They already who, beat who, Tampa. Who would be the other team? I'm trying to think of the, the other Saints. team. The Saints or Falcons. Okay. I mean, <laughs> so we got Saints, Falcons, Tampa. Like, we're going to power. I'm just it. saying cool. the Eagles are probably looking at it like, hey, man, because Sirianni has already kind of hinted that, like, I'm like, everything's on the table this week. So maybe they start and they do scoreboard watching. Maybe they rule guy. Devontae Smith ain't going to play. We know that. Yeah. Uh, so, like, maybe they just pull some – their offensive line has been banged up all year, especially that right side. Like, they've they've had some guys go through it on the offensive line. Uh, defensively, literally, we know they can't keep any DBs on the field this year. But, uh, yeah, I don't know if the – I, I think if we play any Eagles, like, you're at a lot of risk. Like, you just don't get a full run out for them. That's what – I wanted to go back to A.J. Brown since it's the same spot – Last, yeah. A couple of weeks ago against the Giants, um, he literally leads the league in target share, 39.6% of his targets against man coverage, which the Giants not only scheme at the third highest rate, but it's how they played Hurts a couple of weeks ago too um, and blitzing him on 83% of his dropbacks I mentioned earlier. So I want to play Brown, but again, it's it's very, very scary because we just don't know how long they're going to play in this game. What is the context of this quote? I see PFF tweeting out, uh, feed A.J. Brown, uh, Eagles OC, Brian Johnson, and A.J. Brown. We've got to force him the ball sometimes and make sure we get him going. So well, supposedly, so supposedly okay. in the locker room, there is the schism behind closed doors and like it revolves around A.J. Brown. And it's every we've seen this story a thousand times, right? With lead wide receiver not getting the ball enough, right? Yeah, uh, so that's supposedly what's going on, like behind the scenes. See who's Stephon Diggs as well. Julio Jones getting the ball too much. Like who's getting the ball? If not AJ Brown. I'm trying to think. Uh, I mean, uh, it is it a cool story, sure. But when Julio Jones is your best receiver right now, like buddy, <laughs> just take your leave. Don't even make it to the second round. Just get out now. All right. So. Yeah, John, Philadelphia, I, I'm scared. I'm scared to play Philadelphia sure. players. And I don't want to be scared. I want to be able to – I want to go for it, right? And, yeah, it's just uh, – and a lot of it, again, is predicated, you have to assume, on Dallas. If Dallas is up four touchdowns versus Washington, Philly's probably going to run out Boston Scott. And then you go, you can hit your uh, – cash your Boston Scott <laughs> versus the Giants. Yeah, we're back. But, uh, is it, have you looked at books? Is it like minus 465 again? The books are so scared to put anything out there right now, yeah. but uh, I, let, let me see. I, I'll look and see if it's – I can't imagine like they're going to double dip on this, like the, the people. But this actually would be a spot where it could I happen. Mean, they should since people bet it last time. 
The, the books yeah. know that they books know they can sucker everyone in again. Talk to me about uh, about the Eagles here, John. Give me the best case scenario for Philadelphia. Best case scenario is they play the entire game and hopefully our AJ Brown ladders get there. They most like they probably won't though, given those quotes you just mentioned from Sirianni. Since again, they have an eye towards the Cowboys game, who are double digit favorites against Sam Howell and Washington. And it's the same thing we talked about last week too for DeAndre Swift, where it did seem like a good spot. The projections always say it's a good spot. But man, when you're just not using the passing game at all, it's just impossible. And now it's the same stat I mentioned last week. It's six games now. And in that time, DeAndre Swift has totaled 17 receiving yards. Just a complete absence from that department as Kenneth Gainwell also continues to mix in. So for me, yeah, I'm really just kind of seeing if I can confidently pivot from C.D. Lamb to A.J. Brown because I think that's where the ownership is going to go. And I'm just looking for other pivots in the area. Rich mentioned Justin Jefferson, who we'll get to also. But that's really how I look at at least the Eagles side of this. I don't feel confident in a lot of things this week, but I feel pretty confident that Lamb is just going to be so insanely owned because you're going to have yeah. the money for it and the matchup and, you know, the motivation, right? And maybe he only plays three quarters, but he probably gets as unless it's like four defensive touchdowns or Sam Howell. Everyone, the Cowboys are, the, not getting a full game out of the Cowboys is different than the Eagles because if the Cowboys guys come out of the game, it means that those guys put up a bunch of points. Yes, <laughs> yes, yes, yes. That's why I, I much prefer Dallas over Philly for that exact reason. Uh, by the way, I did find Boston Scott apparently uh, 1,400 uh, in DK, which is like, you know, it's not like something I would pounce on, but it's definitely better. Though. It was plus 200 uh, in Caesars last time they played, which is just insane. Um, and again, you can at least tell yourself a story in this one. Like if this game gets out of hand, right, then let's just hand it over to Scott because, you know, Philly has nothing to play for, keep everybody healthy for the playoffs. Anyways, uh, Rich, your thoughts as far as Philly? Feel free to jump over to the Giants. Yeah, I think the Giants side is really more like, I mean, I don't think either site priced up Tyrod enough. FanDuel was more aggressive, obviously, 18 weeks consistency on that front. Uh, but 5-3 still as well. With it. You can keep playing him. Just, I mean, there's really no, like, there, there's no pushback, especially on this slate where everything's wide open and, like, we have a number of good quarterbacks removed. Really, you're hoping only Dak Prescott kind of fails, right? Like, or Justin Fields, like, those are the two guys this week. And then it's just wide open again. Uh, so 5-3, pay down for Tyrod. You know he's going to run a little bit when these teams played. Uh, well, first of all, the Eagles' starting defense isn't good against quarterbacks. Like, we just yeah. saw Kyler. Like, they give a – I mean, they're 31st in passing points allowed per game for fantasy football. And that's when their guys are playing 100% all out and they're trying. Like, imagine if they pull some of these guys, uh, like, what would happen? Tyrod, two weeks ago, had 9.4 fantasy points in the, in the second half to come in for DeVito and just a half against those guys. So, at 5-3, if you're going to flirt with 18 to 20 points, like, he's right back on the menu, and then Dale can have one more week to play his guy, Darius Slayton. Uh, yeah, match got there again. In a good matchup, too, yeah. I did not go. expect, although I probably should have, given the how everyone wanted to also play Rams, but Taylor come, Tyrod also coming in with Slayton as like combining for like 35% ownership last week because they were two cash game options in a yep. week where you know you spin down at those two guys at a stack and then you can get up to Kyron and everyone else. Uh, it still shocked me a little bit, but they both got there for everyone. All right. Um, Josh yeah, won that game too. They blew it like they blew. It. They they did. They blew it like three different times. I'm I'm drawing a blank. Was it what, the Giants? 
Uh, I'm forgetting how it happened. I don't know. Just it was of, uh, well. It was Tyrod short arming Saquon Barkley because he looked upfield in that two point yes. version and he could have run like he could have had it, but he saw Barkley open. He passed the ball and it was just one of those brain farts where he could have done either short armed it and then they come back in overtime because they stopped the Rams and they get and then uh, Saquon Barkley drops the ball and I don't know if it would have been a touchdown, but he had. 50 yards ahead of him to beat everyone and run there. And then, uh, of course, Tyron Steele picked up the 30-yard run to get them in field goal territory. And then just wide, man. Just just the story of the Giants season. All right. Uh, anything else here, Rich, as far as Philadelphia and the Giants, we should say? Should we run back uh, and talk about our favorite players position by position that we've not yet discussed? Unless you have anything else on Philly and the Giants, we'll do just that. You got it, man. All right, quarterbacks, Rich. You know, it is kind of dicey. We're trying to figure it out here on a Wednesday night. What quarterback? Uh, I'm looking at the names in, my, in our line of HQ. You kind of referenced them like Carson Wentz and Jake. We Allen talked about all play. the guys outside of Dak. <laughs> outside of Dak, we talked about the guys that primarily want to play Tyrod uh, and Geno Smith. Um, what about Lawrence? If if he goes, oh no, he this just, dude is like he's like he put broken? together with scotch tape at this point, like. I just can't, I can't. And, and Trevor Lawrence was apps. Not only is he playing through like a zillion injuries, like he's been awful. Like the past month he's actually played like absolutely horrendous. He's, I think uh, I have a, a, a stat in here that uh, eludes me off the top of my head. Uh, oh yeah. So his last three weeks, we actually saw him play only Trevor Simeon at a higher inaccurate target rate than Trevor Lawrence. Um, I do. I am interested in Calvin Ridley. I wish we knew that. Uh, I guess I'll save it when we do wide receivers, but I can't trust Lawrence. Like he's so banged I up can't either. and he's like got an arm injury. Like the, the dude is, he's played through everything this year. It, it might what not matter the... as well, but Titans are coming out here trying to play spoilers. Like, Oh, like, Bra- Bra- yeah. Vrabel. Vrabel's, like Vrabel's absolutely. Yeah. Now they may not matter. It may be better to actually rest some of the players out there, but Vrabel's not rested anybody. No, nah, man. Bra- Vrabel's dudes are, Vrabel ain't letting his team not. Yeah. <laughs> the Lawrence thing is injuries. I think of like the Monty Python skit, like only a flesh wound. Yeah. Like it's, it's, it's he's going out there with like one leg, and he's just he's good guy. He's got to play. He has to play. And the Jags don't have a lot of like you know experience of being good and making playoffs and stuff. So you know he wants to be out there. He's the franchise guy, but it's probably not going to be good. Uh, I just thought it was kind of sort of somewhat interesting. In theory, if he was healthy and good to go, um, what do you want to add, John? Any quarterback that we've uh, neglected to mention? It falls off pretty quickly. There's not a lot of fun names, but. If you want to throw somebody in the pool, by all means, go for it. Honestly, no. Like Rich said, we pretty much talked about everyone I'm going to play, really just trying to avoid that cheap pool that some may get to because they think it's a slate where you need to stuff all these players in again. But I don't think we need to get there. I think we can have our couple of confident elite options, and it doesn't mean we go to Jeff Driscoll, Carson Wentz, all the above. Oh God, no! Because I mean, they're playing the backups. So, like it's a pre- yeah. those are like Niners Rams is literally a preseason game. Yeah, we mentioned uh, Mayfield, uh, Mayfield in passing. Is he somebody that's in the pool for anybody? I think he's like should be at least if you're making a certain number of lineups. Full motivation, very clear target tree, fine matchup. I, I, I like know. I like guys in that. Uh game but i don't really necessarily love baker he's got a rib injury carolina just doesn't face the the raw pass attempts that like we like usually to target like they don't play in these back and forth games so what happened to tampa last week why'd they get shut out like why were they so terrible i know did you see the first three quarters of the game man they were awful man (laughs) why were they so bad 
mean, just, they got flooded. Yeah. I mean, the Saints played a lot better football than them. Yeah, I guess it's just as simple as that sometimes. Uh, John, give me some running backs that we've not yet discussed. Um, who is uh, catching your eye? And I guess we sort of touched on the San Francisco situation. Uh, who's going to be the Rams running back? Do we care who the Rams running back is going to be? Is that somebody super cheap yeah. possibly? Again, like those, a... these are situations like maybe Dagle is going to pull me in a different direction, but like those are largely just stay away spots for me. And like, granted, there's probably going to be one of these whack-a-moles that hit like uh, that pops up like a Pierre Strong or something. Has it? But like, we literally yeah. don't like it could be anyone. Like it, like they could, give, they could, they might want to play Zach Evans. Like who knows, right? <laughs> like, well, I got. Yeah. I got one I know you'll like, Rich, and one I know you'll hate. Let's start with the, fair, fair the good enough. news. That is Rashad White. Uh, you talk about Baker Mayfield, Dean. But, again, yeah, it's the yeah. Panthers in general. We know to play running backs to get them. But the fact that the corpse of Travis Etienne just rose from the grave and basically ended all fantasy football championships on his back with over 100 yards and two touchdowns again. One play, basically. I mean, mm-hmm. my word. It, that one play hasn't happened for three months now. So, yeah. Uh, it's just like Rashad White, even if he doesn't get there in the running game, we know we can get there with the target share, but it's just a spot where he obviously in this game, I really think he can get there in the running game too. So Rashad White's one that I hope gets lost in the shuffle, probably won't, but hope he gets a little bit lost and everyone wants to spin down. The one Rich definitely won't play. I think I'm interested in Clyde Edwards-Alaire if he plays. I, oh, yeah, I, I'm not playing him. Yeah, I know. You are. <laughs> uh, the Isaiah Pacheco, we, we know that the Chiefs are going to hold out their starters and we've seen, well, Jarrett McKinnon's on IR, first of all, but we've also seen that CEH is not a guy like Elijah Mitchell where like he's important to the process of the playoffs. He's someone they're going to give every touch to. And even under Giff Smith, it's the same Chargers defense. They're still 22nd in explosive run rate allowed. Um, I understand CEH doesn't achieve many explosive runs, but again, uh, I think it's a good spot. Look, yeah, have you seen uh, the Chiefs offense play with all their starters this year? <laughs> I, saw, I saw him kick six field goals last week, yes. Imagine I had that, but with Blaine Gabbert throwing to Richie James. Uh, oh, We're not thinking about, well, we're not a receiver just yet, but they, I've heard people talk about the, the Chiefs on Kansas City receivers. It's like they have a home strong zone. So, like, Dango kind of hit upon it with, like, Rashad White. Like, you're going to be able to get these guys in your lineup. Yeah. Yeah. Like, well, you can just play, you can play Rashad White. Like we don't have to guess which Rams guy is going to get carries. Like we can actually just play Rashad White, right? Like we we're allowed to. Um, if we don't get Josh Jacobs again, we can just keep playing Zamir White, who has over 20 touches in his last yeah. three games. Uh, you know, we can keep doing that. What about the ghost of Tony Pollard? No one wants to do that, but he actually was the yeah. RB6 against the Commanders. Remember, we only have one more game against this Commanders defense, and although <laughs> McCaffrey did. Although McCaffrey didn't go like nuts, they still gave up 200 total yards to the 49ers running backs last week. I mean, it's well, it's, uh, Mitchell got a couple touchdowns on him, obviously, with the, the CMC injury. Yeah, he had, uh, he, I mean, he had 80 yards. McCaffrey still had 90 total yards, too. So, like, those guys are all, I think, easy. Like, we know what's going to happen with those guys. So, like, you can, you can, and you don't have to struggle to fit those guys in to lineups. And I'm we only guess- have one more time to try to make Bijan happen with you know no, who no, coaching the, the Falcons. No, you can, but <laughs> is it is it one more time though, or are we just I think done so? Now? I think he's gone. Well, no, I, I, I think uh, dude's fired. Is that what you're asking? You're saying don't even think about Bijan, don't play it. It's, it's not I don't know. It. I really don't know if they're going to fight. If they miss the playoffs, it's probably leaning that way, but I don't know, honestly. If you're the they commanders, you you should have fired Ron Rivera this week, right? Like you can't let him oh. lobby Smith this. Although, like Two we know, like ago. that <laughs> we, we know like the, how can he do that? 
granted but like you see like you, you know you just want to make sure there's a patsy in place right because like ron rivera knows he's probably <laughs> fired and like you don't yeah. know man like you just don't know you don't trust a man when he has no like when his back's against the wall to that degree i, I do i do I, think he was the right hire like to weather the dan snyder storm they needed a veteran coach who was that kind of leader of men type but yes he has definitely worn out his welcome these last eight weeks it's been awful Truth. Is there a more misleading nickname in all sports than Riverboat Ron? Like, dude, oh, yeah. punts. It, it held true, five, though. It, it held true in Carolina. Yeah, it was true in uh, Carolina, but for Washington, yeah. that nickname, non existent. Bijan did roast the Saints the last time they played, though. He did have a really good game against them. I think he's kind of interesting. But do we, do we care about Kamara? Uh, do we know if he's even playing? And if he doesn't, no, because it's the same situation, Dean. We lived this life in in week one. First of all, Jamal Williams is not even cheap. He's yeah. not even. He's not even cheap. It was unfortunate and, when I saw that. And and in week one, it's the same story, right? Kamara didn't play week one when these teams played, and he was awful. They didn't do anything. Uh-huh. And we yeah. might get Kendrick. And also, there I saw Underhill saying that Kendrick Miller might actually be active for this game too. So maybe they actually work him in a little bit. We'll see. But I imagine with the season on the line, they're just going to trust Jamal Williams and whatever. The interesting thing is they weren't. They haven't been running Taysom at all. And Taysom has been a guy that's had a lot of injuries. But even last week when they were up twenty to nothing, he only still had two carries. And that's like usually a spot where you would see Taysom get more work because Kamara had left the game at that point too. So I wonder how just healthy even Taysom is and like how banged up he is that they're not even running him. They uh Taysom was in for week one, two without Kamara and Kendry Miller, and they only gave him three touches in that game. So it's a it's the same situation where I saw and I thought, oh, maybe this is the week, but yeah, something's going on with Taysom for sure. All right, we're jumping the receiver, I suppose. Uh John, you can kick us off here. Who uh what do we like as far as receivers we've not yet discussed? actually don't have many written down. Uh, unfortunately, I only have the Jamoke, also a cheap one. Again, that Rich won't play, but I'm going to go right back to Richie James. I think Richie James personally is <laughs> someone like Greg Dortch and that he's proven anytime he gets playing time, he does deliver. And honestly, Stoneman slot guy who has had success in the past as, as most recently as with the Giants last year, um, totally fine playing Richie James at Stoneman. Rich, I'll let you take yeah. the expensive ones. No, I, James, I don't mind. Like, just Listen, I, Watson, just when it just comes to wide receivers, I'll never yuck anyone's yum when it comes to a full punt. Uh, we'll see Richie James and uh, raise them, uh, Rich. What do you got here as far as receivers? And feel free to it's get hard. to the, the pricey ones, obviously. Yeah, yeah, I can't raise Richie James. Uh, <laughs> um, but you can, keep, you can play him, though. Um, we, I mean, obviously, people will play Lamb. I think Ridley's in a really good spot uh, again and like probably will be kind of a guy because like he's always in a nebulous price zone and people have thoughts where he's just so volatile they don't want to play him. But I mean, Tennessee has literally been a target for us the entire season. Uh, wide receivers have scored 66% of the PPR points they've allowed. It's the highest rate in the league. They're, they've allowed 18.7 PPR points per game to opposing wide receiver ones. They're allowing the most receptions and yards to outside receivers. Also, Ridley, if you want a box score hunt, absolutely destroyed them when they played earlier in the year. Uh, he has a league high 41% of the team's red zone targets. He has 51% of the team's end zone targets. So, like, he stands out. Um Mike Evans is in another good spot too. Uh, yeah, I don't think there's a player I've actually played more than Mike Evans this year. Tank Dell was on the trajectory when DraftKings just never changes price for five weeks, and we lost him uh, to the ether. 
But Mike Evans, I think I've played him more than anyone just because he's always priced underneath that elite tier wide receiver. Um, and we know Carolina plays the highest rate of cover three in the NFL and 52% of pass plays. Evans has played six games this season against teams in the top half of the league in rate of cover three. And he's played five games against teams in the top 10, including games against the top three teams in those games, six sixty six and one six one seventy one and one. 457 and 1, 670 and 2, 786 and 2, 7162 and 1. Uh, he's third in the NFL in yards per out run against cover three, fifth in the NFL in receiving yards. They're, they have to play for something. You know, you're getting a full run out for him. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, Mike, one more week for Mike Evans, and then we just hit on Justin Jefferson. I mean, this Lions team, you saw it again, CeeDee Lamb. Granted, it's a good player, but it's just, dude, wide receivers are just, they're so good against running backs, the Lions. They should think about being worse against running backs. They should try to <laughs> – we joke about this all the time. Like years, They should think yeah. about giving up some rushing yards because, dude, Cam Sutton, like this dude, I mean, I don't even know what he was doing on half the plays out there at CeeDee Lamb. Like one play he stood still and just let CeeDee Lamb just like run past him. Uh, but look at the box scores of wide receiver ones they're putting up against the Lions. We just saw Jefferson have 140 yards and a touchdown against him two weeks ago with Nick Mullins. I mean – C.D. Lamb just had 227 yards and a touchdown. Olave, 5 for 119. Christian Watson, 94 yards and a touchdown. D.J. Moore got them for two wide receiver one weeks. Keenan Allen, 175. Like, they're giving up crooked-ass numbers to these wide receiver ones. So, yeah, I mean, if you'll have the money, pay for Justin Jefferson. You mentioned Detroit. Uh, I'm on Ra, uh, Rich. I just I, – I can't – why would they play a full game? It doesn't make any sense, but – Dan Campbell, football guy, right? He doesn't know. He doesn't care about, like, you know, should I sit guys? Should I start guys? He's like, is the guy healthy? All right, throw him out there. Let, let him do his thing. I assume nobody's going to play him for that reason. I'm a little bit afraid. Um, how many lineups would you have to make to play to play uh, Amon Ra in a lineup? No, I think uh, anything, like, super large field, you can do something yeah. with him. But, I mean, it's got to be, like, again, there is still risk that maybe some sense – gets in or just Mullins plays that bad. And like Kevin O'Connell's grasping at straws and they tried Dobbs again. Like there's, I mean, the Vikings could definitely make this a situation where like, it's just not ideal to have any blinds anyways, even though Dan Campbell wants to play. Him. We got to, uh, we got to help Jeremy out in the chat. Jeremy says, uh, apparently he's got his championship week 18. First of all, you got to get a new league or get, get the commissioner fired or whatever. Uh, he's got to sit Mahomes, Williams and Puka. What is this? Like he has he I mean, the nuts he's got he, the, the, as far as the the you know the Rams Mahomes hasn't been spectacular, but Williams and Puka have just been like league winners. Um, so he's asking, uh, let's see, he wants this Tyrod or Minshew. I guess it's Tyrod, right? It's got to be Tyrod. Yes, where's Minshew? Anybody? My mic was muted. It's Tyrod for me, oh. if only for the. <laughs> Rushing upside, uh, Minshew, I mean, Minshew is in a good spot. We've, we've targeted the Texans now over the last month and a half out of their bye constantly. But uh, for me, for sure, it's it's Tyron. Hey, we mentioned it in passing. We mentioned it in passing, the, the Christian Kirk thing. Assuming, like, Christian Kirk is, like, full go and, like, he's not he's going to play most snaps, are we just going to lean in on this, uh, Rich? I mean, he's 3K on DK, which he is. Oh, no, on a slate like this where literally it's wide open, I think he probably becomes a pretty clear large field fade. 4K, he's 4K on. He's men. He's he's so literally useful. he's stone men on both on both sides. Like, how did they both goof up? 
Uh, and like I, I mean, know the sports books like uh, marked it an L. You were talking about it. like his a uh, his season total. Like they've already had him for an L as far as his yards. Um, I guess people didn't expect him. Well, to come I thought back. it was an L. Yeah, yeah. Uh, somebody tweeted at me. They said, "Yeah, uh, nobody thought he was supposed to be back, but they just dropped the ball on like you know." That's that's pretty wild. You have a take on that, John? In an overall week, I would say I'd play him just to take it on and do what I can around him. But again, right. the world is our oyster this week. So I don't, again, uh, as we talked about at the top of the show, I'm really just trying to not get involved at those stone men prices where they're going to catch 20, 25% ownership. And it seems like that's what Kirk's going to be. Oh, Kirk's going to be. <laughs> yeah. If he's it's probably a good, yeah. It's probably a, as, get, as Rich mentioned, it's probably the it's probably the Ridley pivot. That's actually a great call because people, yeah. you know, that, unless they're just fully stacking, but we already talked about Lawrence might be broken, so that's a problem as well. And do you want to have Lawrence doubles? I don't know. Uh, I mean, yeah, even that, though, I, so I get East Stoneman right, and like if you want to play him in cash, like by all means, absolutely, sure, you know, cash him up. He's so cheap. But in large field tournaments, like, what if he only plays? 30% of the snaps and has, you know, you know, two catches for 21 yards. Like, yeah, that's a, that's like well within the range of outcomes for that to happen. And so like, I just think if he's going to be 40% owned and I imagine he'll be at least 30% owned in large field stuff, like if not higher, I mean, it, to me, that just screams like I got to find something else to do. And, and we're not going to be star for value is the other thing. Like there's going to be value pieces galore. Uh, yeah. There's a, ton, a lot of places yeah, that you can tell the stories on. Um, all right. Or, you know, by the way, speaking of Jacksonville, speaking of tight ends, like Ingram, maybe Ingram is an interesting pivot, something we can consider. Uh, tight ends we've not yet mentioned here, John, uh, that we want to shout out. Um, Laporta looks pretty good. Uh, again, the Detroit situation Why? is scary to me. And he's already banged up. Yeah, he's questionable. Like, what? I feel like he. if there's anybody sits or anybody gets pushed back, it's probably him or pushed down, however you want to phrase it. But, you know, stay tuned. Um, yeah, John, who are we adding here to the conversation when it comes to tight ends? I think the cheapy everyone's going to play is Harrison Bryant right now uh, without Njoku, although it's from Jeff Driscoll. I'm <laughs> curious. It's a double-edged sword because I was thinking about pivoting to Davis Allen since Tyler Higby's not playing in the Ram starters. But also, Tyler Higby with a separated shoulder they may need Davis Allen for the playoffs. And last time we saw Davis Allen start for him, he had four catches for 50 yards and a touchdown. So that's where I was going to go with my stone men tied in. But again, in a game where the Titans, again, are trying to play spoilers here against this miserable Jaguar secondary, I may get off and go Chiga Conkle instead of spending down. You like Harrison Bryant ahead of uh, Noah Gray? Gosh, week 18. <laughs> also, is Noah Gray a guy that plays all, all the snaps? Is he's he like someone you got? He's protect? literally part of like their base package. Like they play a good amount of twelve personnel. All right, like, Blake Bell, the belldozer. I don't know. Yeah. Well, yeah. Well, they're the same price, and now we're talking about a two tight end package from Blaine Gabbert. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. See, that maybe I'm a, maybe maybe one of the things that I think uh, you guys kind of both alluded to this. Like maybe overthinking it. Like it's good to have the information. It's the information slate. But don't get too crazy. Don't tell yourself these insane stories that right. this third string running back all of a sudden, like it might just be a timeshare amongst the second and third and fourth guy. And you, nobody if, gets there. And it works, you, think, you know, like the Jets. Yeah, go ahead. 
if you think preseason DFS is fun, go look at those winning scores from preseason DFS. Because <laughs> when you when you get a three point receiver, you are exuberant. <laughs> I, I've only dabbled in the preseason streets, but yeah, I do know what you're talking about. Those scores are really, really low. Um, like a tight end catch is exciting. Um, so just yeah. understand that's the kind of players you're likely talking about whenever you're looking at these stone men options. So there's no reason to chase the 30% plus. Yeah, do, you want Charlie chasing, War- do you want Charlie Warner from uh, Sam Darnold? You're running that battery. <laughs> Are we chasing Jawan Johnson? Is that something we're considering? Yeah, uh, I, think Charlie- he, I think he should be on the menu still. So last week, obviously, he had a season-high target share at 35% of targets. That's not going to happen again. His previous, though, season-high in target share was when these two teams played because everyone targets tight ends when they play against the Falcons. I mean, the opposing teams have targeted their tight ends 26.6% of the time against Atlanta, second highest rate in the NFL. Uh, he had seven targets in the first matchup between these teams. I don't feel like it's as point chasey as it looks on the surface. Um, plus, he's only 3-6. It's not like we're – it's not like he went to, like, the mid-fours and we're paying for it, right? So I don't have a problem with him. And he's your, there's your skinny, Dean. Bijan and Juwan, you've got your skinny. Yeah, yeah, I'm a, I don't really want to – like, Bijan is, like, it's such a conflicting play. I, I kind of want to play him, but I'm not sure if I want to play him. But theoretically, it's a good play, I think. Um, but, you know, we'll see. I, I guess I'll look at ownership stuff. But ownership's going to be – I'm just glad that's not my job because that's a hard thing to do. And also, there's going to be a lot of moving pieces and news coming in at, like, 12.15 and 12.30 and 12.45. And even late with all the late games, that's uh, – I, I know, John, you were talking about, you know, kind of backloading. Maybe, uh, you know, any sort of tiebreaker, you go for the late player just to give yourself some flexibility. And, you know, there's a lot of games to maneuver with. So, And I, I, I really backloaded just because they're the more interesting games in this slate. But overall, yeah, there, there are still quite a few one-offs and pieces I'm still interested in in the early slate. But, yeah, I think it's a really good point. Just take the take the flex at the second slate of games. I do Although think punting at tight end is completely fine in this slate because it just who's going to bury you at tight end right like yeah. even if even if you play yeah. harrison bryant or noah gray or whoever you want to play who who's killing you here like mcbride at 6k like even though we say there's money like how many people like how high roster ship is like we're going to see mcbride get um and he's like really all you need to fail like yeah that's a good point uh, just play cotter and don't play mcbride and, uh, you know, that could really work out in your favor. Oh, yeah. We're playing James Conner for sure. Mm-hmm. All right. Uh, I believe that is the slate. I did want to mention, by the way, not a lot of props out there. There are some props. Uh, you know, there are posted. They're kind of scared at this point. But the Rotogrinders Props and Pick'em Package. Check out the brand new Props and Pick'em Package. The experts of the RG Projections team, they take our premium stats. They comb through the market for any inefficiencies. Using our model, you can easily see which lines are off, where to find them, uh, and how likely the prop will hit based on our tool. Check out the link in the description for more information. You can use this also if you're playing like underdog or prize picks, things like that. But I was, I, I thought there was an edge. I was hitting up some underdog stuff last night in drafts, and Kyron Williams was going first overall. And I'm like, am I missing something? I don't think he's playing. And like people just kept picking him first. And I'm like, all right, that's cool. Uh, we'll keep doing that. And uh, yeah, I, I kind of missed the window. I didn't get enough, as much volume as I wanted to but I feel pretty good. I did um, just start getting into the playoff best ball streets since I got a little more free time on my hands now. And that's interesting because there are quite a few edges, I think, in that right now. Yeah, I've been wanting to. Yeah, so like, I, I guess 
I, I was thinking about waiting until everything is set, but maybe it's best not because there's sort of like stuff up in the air and there's some rookie move, to get for. Absolute that, rookie move to to wait uh, until the playoffs are set. <laughs> the constructions you can get aren't as good. You can still make some good teams, but buddy, you want to start firing those contests right when they come out. And if we're going to talk about playoff best ball, I know you guys are talking about it on underdog. You want yeah. a re- you want another really good playoff contest? Go over drafters. to drafters. Yeah, drafters. You love has- drafters. But that's where I make my money, man. Like that's, that's where we're making money is over on drafters. They have a great contest that's probably going to overlay. Um, a little mm. bit different of a score. I like overlay. So okay, that's is where it, I. Uh, it's it's total points. Is it, is that how it is? Drafters the way it was for the regular season, and there's yeah. not like a moving on. Yeah, total points, but you also want to draft for the Super Bowl still there, and they have a tight end spot, whereas underdog doesn't have the tight end spot. So roster construction matters even more on drafters. I took a flyer on Cleveland and I took a flyer on the Rams to win the, win the Super Bowl just for funsies. Just kind of looking at, there's not a lot of great teams. Like I feel like we can get something really goofy when it comes to the Super Bowl. I don't know. Uh, that you know The odds were astronomical, but I figure why not uh, just throw a, a few bucks on it. You never really know. Rob, uh, you're joining the show because we're going to talk movies now. Did you have a thought as far as this main information slate week 18? We talked about it for an hour. Uh, in 20 minutes for the people. I think that's enough on a Wednesday night. But if uh, by all means, if you have any or just general philosophy, how you handle the uh, the old information slate. I have a lot of thoughts right now. Not uh, not any of them really about football or week 18. <laughs> the only thing the only thing I've actually done for week 18 is send overs at a two hundred dollar head to head. And we'll we'll figure out that roster in a little bit. But I'm staying in a castle in New York right now. What? Yeah, I mean that's what I do. I am. Oh, is this for the haunted house uh, thing going on? Is it? No, this is, is it... for my. This is for one of my other thirteen. Oh, you just jobs. bought a castle. Yeah, I just bought oh. a castle. <laughs> okay, fair of, enough. You ever heard of best ball? We just make all our money and we buy castles. <laughs> okay, I mean that's uh, fair enough. I mean... <laughs> which, which I know can't be true because I heard how your finals went in the chat. Yeah, not great. We were we were very sad. Yeah. <laughs> um, anyway, run out did not did not run good. Yeah, it happens. I'm at this castle in New York, and as you do, I was looking for food, right? And I looked within a 30-mile radius. I mean, a 30-minute radius. Um, No, the name of the restaurant that I found that alarmed me is Jones's Barbecue and Foot Massage. (laughs) (laughs) That's a real place that exists in New York. And I have so many questions. And... I'm you so have to go your feet with the barbecue you sauce. Have to go. The... <laughs> <laughs> I just, dude, it's a real place. It's like 30 minutes from here. No, I have, I am. Hold on. I, I don't want to correct you. I don't want to correct you. I just Googled it. Apparently, the official name it's called Jones's Good Ass Barbecue and Foot Massage. Oh, sorry. That's the I was, technical name. <laughs> I was going off the Google Maps one. So <laughs> I apologize. <laughs> that's what it's called. What is the Yelp score? You um, got to go. So, the <laughs> so sorry to derail. So did you go? Have you ordered there? Or did you get a massage? No, absolutely not. <laughs> I mean, you are you going to eat at a place that people's feet are getting touched? <laughs> I, yes. No, you're the screen up on the screen. I'm us. there. Oh, how do All you right. not go there? Just like we weren't sure if we were <laughs> actually watching Wait, a movie. I'm not Steve, sure if that's Steve, a real restaurant. That back up. What was that other animal? What is the one on the left? <laughs> it's a dinosaur. 
I, I did watch the commercial afterwards. What is that bird animal? What is that bird and what was that? I think it's like a dinosaur. I think it's a dinosaur. Is it a horse? Like what was that thing? I'm not sure. But uh, you're, I'm interested. You're, you're also asking the wrong questions. What you're supposed to say is, will I ever see a Jones's good-ass barbecue and foot massage ever again? And since the answer is clearly no, you go. Once <laughs> hey, well, I, apparently I, there might be one in Chicago uh, as well. I don't know if it's a franchise. I'm not aware. <laughs> <laughs> I'm aware. <laughs> but uh, maybe you can check that out as well. But uh, Silva's yeah, probably I'm been interested. there if, if it has. I, I mean, listen. <laughs> That sounds like food poisoning. Yeah, dude, <laughs> that's how you celebrate championships. Then not the castles. You go to Jones's good ass barbecue and butt massage. That I don't, like I don't mess with feet anywhere, so I am. I will not be attending Jones's. I mean, the, the two places I don't want to be is somewhere where there's getting foot massages or where or in the ocean. I'll stay away from feet and I stay away from giant squids. So yeah. that's that's my rule. Squid is what you're most af- if you're most afraid of the squid in the ocean. That's what's going to get you. I, Dean, have you seen a giant squid? They're like 80 <laughs> feet tall with like 20 feet big eyeballs. Yeah, they don't come on. They're not going to get you. They're they're doing fine. They don't need you. They, you're, see, you're you asking the wrong questions. The right question for that is <laughs> what happens if they do. <laughs> well, you're thinking negatively, you know, Um is it is the Meg gonna get you? Is are you also afraid of that? It's like what else are you afraid of? Dude, in the I'm ocean? scared of everything in the ocean. They don't have bones. Yeah. Like it doesn't. Do we make know sense. more about outer space than the ocean. Like we've explored yeah. like more about. It is space. wild. How do we know nothing about the ocean? It is pretty crazy. So no, like, I don't if it like, wasn't. Uh, I don't like the ocean because I don't like that feeling of like not being able to see what's around you. Now, if you're like sure. scuba diving or something, it's different. But like, I don't like being in large bodies of water. I don't like that uncomfortable feeling of just like not knowing what's around you. It's there's there's a lot of unknown today. around you. Yeah, you like should it, know. Man. I don't uh, like it's it. Week eighteen. If the people are not aware, uh, we're done with the football. We're talking about the ocean clear. at this point. We, I mean, listen. We just saw that the Jones is good ass barbecue and foot massage. Uh, <laughs> I'm, I'm with my number one fear is the ocean, dude. Like, I don't, really? Same. Same. Do you yeah. ever do you ever watch documentaries? Oh, all the time. It's like watching yeah. a horror movie for man. Me. Yes. I'm, <laughs> I think I'm. I don't think I fear it, but I am like obsessed with ocean documentaries. Like that's. Have all you ever I seen watch. like some of like the deep sea like fish and stuff? Like they're not. They're like aliens. Yeah, it's crazy. <laughs> but I love it. They're Have great. you seen? Can I propose a theory? Good. For every one Super Bowl, there are four Shark Weeks. I think Shark Week is always happening. I always see advertisements for Shark Week. I feel like that happens <laughs> way more than Super Bowls. Is it not supposed to be one time a year, or are they just kind of fudging it because the you know the ratings are great. It it's the same. They keep recycling the same the same docs over and over, right? So oh, my, yeah. thing's, my thing's not necessarily a shark thing. It's like I just don't like that feeling of not knowing what's around you. Like I don't like that. I don't like that at all. Why is that exclusive to water though? That, that, I mean, that can be a lot of things. As opposed to what? Like when else are you in those situations, dude? I don't because, know. Well, all because you know, you know what you know what it is is we have that thing in our brain. Like yes, if I went into like the the jungle. Obviously, I would get destroyed by some sort of cat or something, some sort of lion. But at least I feel like I have a fighting chance because I have legs and I feel like I can run. I'm not out swimming anything in the ocean. Like, like I'm I'm out of my element in the ocean yes. by far. Yeah. Like, I'm not supposed to you have, be You have there. no home build advantage. You're the visitor, for sure. Yeah, like, yeah. absolutely. By the way, I said we were done with the football, but not exactly. Right, because we are talking about a movie that we all watched last week, and I think this was a uh, rich. This is this is your nomination, correct? Well, this was like a group effort uh, decision. 
<laughs> I, by the way, I haven't fully settled on ours, but um, uh, I think this was kind of nominated, the, the movie we're going to talk about in a second, based upon some sort of like um, unintentional comedy, at least, you know, uh, according to the uh, trailer that we all watched. Uh, of course, we watched um, the great Kurt Warner movie, American Underdog, starring Zach Levy, you know him from Shazam, maybe Chuck on NBC, Chuck, Anna Paquin. Chuck. Never watched Chuck. Is that worth watching? Should I watch it's that? Fun. It's fine. Uh, Anna Paquin from uh, Sookie. Sookie from True Blood, from X-Men. Uh, Dennis Quaid plays Dick Vermeil as well. Mike Martz is a, kind of a dick in this movie. He's the dick, actually. Uh, he kind of redeems himself at some point. But, uh, yeah, we're talking about American Underdog and the Kurt Warner story. Um, yeah, we're going to discuss that. We're gonna and no one had seen it. No, it was a rare shockingly. Nobody it knew was it was rare. real. No, but, no but like literally, nobody has seen it. It's not just the four of us. The Warners. literally, nobody has seen this movie. <laughs> but uh, Rich, you nominated it. I'll let you uh, open it for the floor. What, what are your thoughts? Is uh, your first well, so, takeaways? So, so mixed things here. There's two different mindsets. All right. So first of all, the Kurt Warner real life story is a great feel good story. Yes. Yes. It, it, they told this story and it's a faith it's a largely faithful a adaptation there's a couple of things i know that like the football stuff was a little bit skewed but it's a great story it's like every it, it's it's a sports trope movie but his life was a sports trope like it's an actual feel-good story so watching the movie and them actually kind of nailing the story like it's hard not to like it's it's very hallmark but it's a feel-good story and it's hard not to have those feelings all the general issues i have with this movie are on the production side but <laughs> so it, it generally is, though, like when you watch it, like this is a movie I would say was a lot better than I thought it would be because it gen it's hard not to feel emotions about his. It's a good story. But also, like, well, I'd ever need to watch this again. Like, absolutely not. Like, 100 <laughs> percent. Not even as You're a hitting everything movie. I wanted. To no, say. no. Because yeah. <laughs> we know we because, you know, how the movie's going to end. We know the Kurt Warner story. They nail like kind of all the beats like you get a little more background with, with him and the family stuff and his wife. But like we know where this where the ride goes the only thing i was really looking for this movie was just one solid montage and we got it we did get it uh we got one solid montage where you, he said you know like he realized he gets paid for the touchdowns in the arena league and we just saw him ripping ripping balls ripping zangers man <laughs> just just throwing needles and just stuffing hundreds into that jar and that's all i wanted out of sports movie. just give me one solid montage but the production of this movie like the, the budget in this movie i don't it was all spent on the actors I like that they had the actual footage. They spent some money on the footage. I don't know how much they paid the arena people, but we saw Todd Christensen and Kirk Herbstreit. Yep. Like, shout out to Kirk Herbstreit. He used to be calling arena football uh, 20 years ago, wherever it was. He's certainly, uh, you know, risen above that pretty high. Uh, Gus Johnson. We heard Gus Johnson uh, on the mic as well. Uh, so, I, And I liked how they kind of blended in some of, some of the old school stuff. You saw the actual real plays, and, you know, it's it was super obvious. Like, that's the real play, and this is like our reenactment. This is our reactions to the sidelines. Uh, John, jump in here. What is your thoughts uh, of the Kurt Warner story? I didn't get the synopsis, but I assume, like, yeah, the people know the synopsis. <laughs> it's uh, synopsis, Kurt Warner. <laughs> and that's the synopsis is sort of the thing here is that football takes such a backseat in this movie. And I, I feel like they should be applauded for that, but it also felt replaceable with anyone. Like, it's Kurt Warner's story, but it could also be 
like a gas station tenant story. It could be a yeah. UBS driver story. It like you said, you'll never watch it again. You are correct, but also it's just replaying on Hallmark every single night. Like this is this is the same movie we see on those kind of channels. And so Invincible. Sure. Yeah, the fact that it involves Kurt Warner, sure. But again, I mean, this is just the carbon copy, I feel like, of those kind of movies. Yeah. Did it bother you that uh, Brenda and Kurt Warner were executive producers? I just think it's the problem, just kind of like this whole sort of genre. And, and I guess it bleeds the documentaries as well, too. Like, you know, Michael Jordan, you know, basically building his own documentary. And, you know, everybody now, every celebrity that puts on a documentary, it's like their own, like it's not as authentic. They put their own personal spin on it. Um, it felt though, yeah. like it's almost like they had nothing exciting to spin on it. And that's how we got these weird scenes, like, them walking the gas can to the gas station. It's like, we don't, that doesn't yeah. need to be in the movie. That could have been edited out, but that's just a story they told. And they're like, we want that because it's part of what we did. So that's like, yeah. you could tell they absolutely had control in the film. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That that was sort of my thought. Brenda definitely wanted that in there. Like she definitely. Oh yeah. That. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. Anna Paquin, does she kind of nail uh, Brenda? Is it, that's a, you know, I think it worked pretty well. I think she the casting overall good. was solid. Uh, you know, the, exactly the main character. Form. <laughs> let's, yeah, let's the main character wasn't that. great. Main character, casting was, main character casting was okay. Some of these side characters, every athlete that they Ray cast. Lewis? Every, oh, movie. dude. Well, <laughs> the Not football scenes Isaac in general. Bruce was terrible. Like, like, dude, Zachary <laughs> Levi was eight feet taller than Isaac Bruce in this movie. Like, what are we doing? <laughs> it was it was casted by someone who'd never seen football before. Right. Oh, dude. Ray Lewis, hilarious. Still was it as great as like them. The, the the actual character of Ray Lewis in the movie was amazing. And we, dude, the the Rams uniforms that they wear at the end, like like you remember the like those Hutch jerseys you would like get like in old school, like yeah. you get like the players' outfits, like with the plastic helmet, and you would get, like dude, the Rams uniforms were awful looking. And the Ravens look fine. I noticed that too. I'm like the Ravens yeah. uniforms look le- legit. What are these Rams uniforms? The Kurt, the Kurt Warner, the Zachary. Like his numbers were all like, like <laughs> yeah. I was like, what is this? Yeah, what is going on here? Some of the extras, there's one scene in the beginning, and I don't particularly look for this, my especially my first time viewing a movie. But when he's first at the bar and that woman walks up next to him, and you think he's actually gonna have like a conversation with her or something, yeah. and he just doesn't. And if you look her the last scene that he's sitting at the bar, that woman turns over and just stares down the barrel of the camera for like five <laughs> seconds and i'm just like bro how did you leave this shot in here how did you see this and be it's, like it's, it's because like you call them extras those were literally just people sitting at the bar while something was being grounded <laughs> they received no funds for that it, it was amazing and uh, i don't know the the, the we got to talk about the scenes of the sports like all scenes the, of the sports, the scenes of the sports, because that's <laughs> that's like like that's what they wrote on the script was the scenes yeah. of sports. Scenes of sports. It is the worst football reenactment <laughs> and overall set design that I've ever seen in my life. I, Why are they in like a warehouse? Every every football <laughs> scene's like shot yeah. in a warehouse. Yeah, it, it's literally Tommy Wiseau from the room level green screen stuff that we have going on. It's like just film it outside. Just go outside. Just go step on a football field. I have a high school football field in my town. You probably could have filmed this ad and made it look a hundred times better. What was this? Did anybody? How do you feel about the, the uh, Zachary Levi's form? His, his throwing form. 
Oh, dude, there was there was one scene in particular with him. Like it was all bad, but he did like this shoulder juke, like like um like fake pass, and I and it was the worst thing I've ever seen in my life. I'm like, if you did that in the NFL, you would have gotten destroyed. It took him about 15, 15 minutes to even do this little juke. It was like this, and I'm just like, man. You just it, it was so bad. So I, mean, I feel like if you're an actor and you're gonna take a role on like this, where you're playing a quarterback, like you gotta get coached up, man. Like you you can't you can't be on film the whole movie throwing the way he throws. Yeah, Tom- you can't be that Rami Robbie Amell clip that everyone posts on on Twitter all the time. <laughs> Charlie Sheen gonna throw a baseball. Oh, that's a good um, question. What do you got? It's not it, it, it when I rewatch the movie, it doesn't stand out that we're like not like the other pitcher Ed Harris in that movie. Like Ed Harris in that movie looks like he's never thrown a baseball in his life. Well, that he's throwing Vaseline balls, right? Isn't that, that true. That's gimmick? He's like a 50-year old, basically. He's throwing like 45 miles an hour in that movie. It's hilarious. Like it's <laughs> absolutely amazing. He's like throwing in that game at the, the climax where they're going to like win the division. And like, dude, he's just like throwing lollipops. I mean, it was like dude, like <laughs> If Tom Cruise so, learned how to skydive off of motorcycles, you're required to ask Kurt Warner how to throw a football. Yeah, exactly. Just follow him, learn his form. Um, I also take back my casting thing because Dick Vermeil, Dennis Quaid, I think Dennis Quaid is one of the worst actors of all time to begin with. Agreed. But God was his dick. I don't think it's that hot of a take. Watch it, watch a Dennis Quaid movie. He's awful. Frequency. <laughs> He's so bad. <laughs> um his dick for meal was real bad. What are we doing there? <laughs> <laughs> it wasn't great. Um, this kind of confused me. The, the movie opened with like showing Joe Montana, like in the yes. Super Bowl. I think it was in the Super Bowl. And uh, he got sacked, and like they were praising him for staying in the pocket. And I thought that this was kind of like payoff. Like, and you remember his first coach said, stay in the pocket like nine mm-hmm. different times. He kept, stay in the pocket, stay in the pocket. But it also dates us. Like, what, what coach right now is preaching? You got to stay in the pocket, like, you know. Tell Lamar to stay in the pocket, right? Like, you can't move. But I guess, you know, this is 20, 25 years ago, whatever it was. Uh, and also, remember, he was yelling at the other co- – he was yelling at his quarterback. It was like a third and ten. He's, like, got pressure coming at his face. He throws it, you know, like, like a seven-yard pass. He's like, oh, you didn't get the first down. Like, what do you want the guy to do? Like, you're talking about the, the actual action of the plays? Remember yeah. this play you know what I'm talking about? Like, there's something yeah. you can do. And then yeah. Kurt Warner's like, put me in. I can do it. Um, <laughs> which also seems like that's probably not something how, how that works. But I guess it, it works for the story. I just thought it was that guy was the worst coach, not since Ed O'Neill in Little Giants, who gave up a 99 yard touchdown to his brother Rick Moranis. I love how Dean does it always circles back to Dean in the annexation of Puerto Rico. <laughs> I mean, how do you give up a 99 yard touchdown with no it time? Lived the rent free. Everybody gets a 50. It just drives me insane. How do you fall for any trick play? Ed O'Neill is the worst coach ever. Anyways, I, I, I think this I think this stay in the pocket thing was supposed to be their metaphor for the movie. Yeah, yeah, like was, take your hits, like taking hits. Yeah, and did it like, land for you? It didn't land for no, me. No, I was just gonna say it just it failed miserably. It was supposed to be the the analogy for like the family, yeah. he's sticking in with them and all this other stuff. And it just does not land at all. You do not, it is not well developed in the slightest, uh, I would say. Richie and Ted says it would have been better with the cast of Sharknado. Uh, big week for the cast of Sharknado. Ian Ziering is in the news. I don't know if you guys caught that. No. But uh, are I mean, you guys afraid of Sharknados, me? by the way? You're afraid of the ocean. Are you afraid of Sharknados? Would you not be afraid of a Sharknado? Yeah. <laughs> a tornado made of sharks? <laughs> is there a documentary of real tornadoes? 
<laughs> real tornadoes are enough. The Indian uh, tornado made of sharks. <laughs> but I you mean, know works. somebody would drive right into it. Like that footage would be amazing. Um, yes, yeah. yeah, they would. The <laughs> and yeah, and the yes, Graham, it baby. would. You're right. For the it Graham. would be amazing to see. I was hoping they would lead into the uh, the femulet a little bit better, like the female mullet there for Brenda. It kind of, sort of, somewhat, but not. They didn't go full mullet. That's fine. Uh, I think the biggest backwards. problem with this movie is that it ended, it, I wanted it to be more unintentional, more un unintentional comedy. And uh, yes, if it, if it would have been more about being sports, vanilla. if it would have been more about sports, it would have been unintentionally funnier. I mean, this movie is uh, a, a, a forty degree day, right? Like it's a forty degree day. <laughs> <laughs> well, I thought the funniest part is the Mike Martz arc, right? Where it's like he's this big asshole to him the entire movie, and then he's yeah. like. He's like, I did it to toughen you up. And then I'm just thinking in my head, I'm like, yeah. And as soon as Mike Martz was the head coach of the Rams, he did everything <laughs> he could to put Brock Osweiler. Um, was it Osweiler? Who was it? Who was the quarterback? No, it was, he, uh, was it Mark Bolger? Was that Mark Bolger? He tried oh, to. He, yeah. He, yeah. 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 He was like, I got to get Mark Bolger in there and get Kurt Warner the hell out of this offense yeah. immediately. <laughs> well, one of the liberties they took, and I guess it definitely makes more sense for the movie, though. But he was with the Rams for a whole year before he played. He 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 didn't just join the Rams and then got thrust. Like he he was with them the whole previous year before Trent Green got hurt. Yeah. Do you guys remember that fantasy year? Because obviously he was incredible. Yeah. You know, Trent Green getting hurt in preseason, and then I remember having my draft uh, with my friends on pen and paper. And, uh, you know, I remember Warner was like a last flyer. Like, so he was obviously just incredible. It's like finding he was the, he was the best fantasy quarterback. Uh, I think he was the best point fantasy quarterback that year. I'm pretty sure yeah. the way I recall. Yeah, uh, so that's was, not fabricated. You were lighting the league up that year. Yeah, he all just like 15-yard digs. And the dude that made it all go, uh, Dago will have umbrage. This was Marshall Falk. Marshall Falk was so fucking good. <laughs> <laughs> he would have been 10K, Marshall Falk. He would have been amazing. Oh, dude, he oh, would, yeah, yeah. He would have been. He would have been more than that, yeah. I was thinking, as I was watching this, I'm like, man, what round in best ball drafts would as, as um, Hakeem gone? Azahir Hakeem, yeah. yeah. Hakeem gone in <laughs> best ball drafts. People would have been like so would have been overdrafting the shit out of Ozzy Harry game. That year, that year, I'm looking it up right now. So that year, Kurt Warner's that 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 year they showed in the movie. Marshall Falk had 2,429 yards. Unreal. <laughs> wow. Did they did they talk about Tory Holt in that in that uh, in the movie? Or did they he only ran one on route Isaac? wrong and they yelled at him? But he was Tory Holt, if I'm not mistaken, that was his first year, right? He was a rookie that year. Wasn't he very good, or is he wasn't very good right out the gate? He Maybe was he solid, great. but Isaac Bruce was like ahead of him. Like, uh, oh, definitely was ahead of him. But eventually, he unseated him. Didn't Holt pass him by at some point? Yeah, that was yeah, it was Holt's rookie year. He had fifty-two catches, seven hundred eighty-eight yards, and six touchdowns. And then the next year, he went bonkers. And then the okay. next ten years, actually, the next ten years, but the yeah following year, he went absolutely nuclear. Was Ricky Prohl on that team? Yeah. So it was like. Year? It was Bruce, Hakeem, Holt, and Prol, right? Like that, and then yeah. obviously Marshall Falk. Yeah, and that's nasty. I think after Prol, it was like Kevin Kirkus. Was that it? No, he was later. Williams, later, was okay. later. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Well, listen. Not spoiler alert, but I have to give this movie the Roland Williams. 
Uh, <laughs> he, he caught Kurt Warner's first career touchdown. Like I got, I mean, it, it has to be, man. It has to be. That is that I, is the official score. Uh, I mean, Williams. I have to. I it, it's just too fitting, right? Yeah. Do we want to play the Rotten Tomatoes uh, IMDb game? Uh, do you want to guess what the critics think of this movie? Oh, this is a tough one. I could pull it up. Uh, Rob, you go. Oh, this first. is a smashed audience score, though. Oh, I, for sure. Yeah, it, it, it's for a certain audience. Like, yeah, does Rod, yeah. does well, Rotten Tomato again, usually score uh, feel-good movies really high? It's thumbs up, thumbs down, and this is the most vanilla, sick gentleman six that was ever created. Like, <laughs> <laughs> like it's gonna have a, a super high Rotten Tomato score, and then IMDb is gonna be more like more of the, the like the C grade. I'm All right, so it, I'm gonna give it 51 percent for critics. Okay, so we're doing Rotten Tomatoes. Give me both scores, Rob. And, uh, God, I, I just, I don't want the audience to be. Oh, dude. 60%. Cause I'm gonna I'll just tell you this. The sample sizes low. are not huge. Uh, the sample sizes are not huge. 70. Uh, yeah, no one's yeah, seen no the movie. No one's on the movie. <laughs> 2,500 people uh, is all we have as far as Rotten Tomatoes. <laughs> That's incredible. <laughs> cool. All the ones. Nobody's seen this. No yeah, one knows that this movie is out there. <laughs> <laughs> people thought it was an SNL spoof, but it actually. I literally thought it was an SNL smooth. I wish it was more. I wanted to laugh more during this. I wanted it to be funnier. And that, that's why we'll, 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 I'm going to pick a movie in a second. I wanted an unintentional comedy. We didn't really get that. But I think I might have one. And we'll discuss okay. uh, to watch for next week. John, g- give me the uh, Rotten Tomato score, both the critics and the audience. Critics, I will say 58%. Uh, audience, I will say 91%. Rich. Yeah, I'll say critics are somewhere in like the two thirds range, so sixty percent. And I think the audience is like ninety percent, like Daigle. Like I think it's it. it there was never a move a more gentleman six than this movie ever made. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you guys have a good read. Seventy six percent from the uh, seventy critics. Seventy six. Wow. Wow. Ninety eight percent audience score. Ninety eight percent. One out of fifty I says nah. No, oh, that's Paddington territory. That's a j- joke. Yeah, that's a it's again twenty five hundred. Um, all comes there's, back there's, to there's two things. Paddington. There's two things that have made me sick tonight. One is that Rotten Tomatoes store, score. The other is that there's a restaurant that also does foot massages. <laughs> I'm I'm intrigued about that. I guess that says more about me. But I think we road trip next year to uh, what is it called again? I have this Jones's good ass barbecue and foot massage. Do you eat first and then get the what, the same? I don't know. I don't want to know. There's know. only one way to find out. <laughs> Do you eat while you're getting the foot massage? Do some yeah, ribs, ribs uh, while your toes are getting That tickled? seems efficient, if nothing else. But uh, <laughs> all right. Uh, let's do. Let's knock out the IMDb. Discuss the next movie we're going to watch next week. Um, let's see. Uh, John, you uh, give us the IMDb score for American Underdog. It would have been higher. Oh, IMDb. Uh, yeah. Gosh, so we're going to be lower this time, right? So, oh, yeah. Well, then I'm just going to stick with, I'll probably Tough still get it wrong, but I'll still stick with 51% for the critics. Audience. It's the, there's no, it's just an I, this is just the, uh, oh, there's no I, critics or audience. It's just a one through 10. Four. It's probably too high. No, it's higher than that. 7.2. 7.2 from Rob? Yeah, it's like a 6.8. You guys middled it. It's seven one, seven one on IMDb. Oh, yeah. So I'm assigning a movie this week. 
I'm debating between two. Are, thinking, are we finishing our scores? Hold on, grades. Well, they, we got to get scores from Dave. Oh, we got to get our scores. Rob. Yeah, my apologies. Yeah, that's right. Um, the, go ahead, Rob. John. Okay. I mean, it's it's a 1.7 <laughs> out of five. <laughs> it's just... <laughs> It's just not good. I don't know what to say. Like it's it's awful. Like if you want to watch like the most paint by numbers sports movie with the worst sports scenes that you'll ever <laughs> see in your life, um, that somebody probably literally wrote sports ball on the script somewhere, <laughs> and then this is the movie for you. If if they had played more sports in this movie, I would have gave it a higher score. But since it is just your typical feel good. It's like Rich said, 40 degree day. I don't want to give it too high. I don't want to give it too low. We're just going to even one out of 10 and even 5.0. We're just going to make it as <laughs> lukewarm as possible. It's the most C movie I've ever, it's just it's a flat out C. <laughs> it's it's not, it's not terrible. It's not great. It's in every trope. It's fine. It does what it's supposed to do. Do I want to watch it again? No. Um, you know, and I feel bad for knocking it, but like, because it was his real life. Like, you, but his life was literally like every sports movie you've ever seen. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. His life story is even better, like in terms of like the football stuff, because yes, he played. He faced even more adversity that they don't even show when he he has to leave the Rams. He's backing up Eli. Comes in and lights it up. He goes to Arizona, makes it to another Super Bowl. Like, well, that's the thing. It only goes up to so spoiler for the movie. It only goes up to his first career start. Yeah, and then they show you the Super Bowl later. They yeah. give you like a, a serial thing, but it only goes up to his first career start. The rest of his career actually is pretty interesting. Yeah. Well, there's a sequel, maybe. Let's, let's cross our fingers. Oh, there's a sequel coming out. <laughs> Imagine if they pumped out like ten of these sequels. Kurt Warner in who space. Get, who did he end up getting benched for in the end? I'm trying to think. It was didn't somebody kind of unseat him? Well, he got or, benched for. Well, he, he got benched for Eli. He was the quarterback before Eli took over. Mm-hmm. And then okay. I'll never In forget Kurt, the Kurt Warner Rams year or uh, Cardinals year. He broke his he broke his left hand and he couldn't hand off. And they would bring in Tim Rattay at the goal line to come hand off and run. Like it was like a, like they had a designated handoffer. They had a designated guy to come in to hand off because Kurt Warner couldn't hand off. And he used to drive me crazy because like Rattay like snuck in like two or three touchdowns before they started this dumbass tush push shit. And uh <laughs> and like Rattay would come in and like snake these touchdowns and you'd be like, what the hell? These help nobody in fantasy football. Like why are these happening? Well he he came in in Arizona because they was that when they drafted the dude from USC and Leonard yeah, wasn't it Leonard? And yeah, it sounds it was right. My timeline, it was my timeline wrong here. And he, Leonard just was garbage. And so they ended up having to play Warner and he just absolutely crushed with him. Leonard, who never forget, stayed in college his final year with one credit left because he literally <laughs> just wanted to stay in USC. And you know what? Who can blame him? It was Josh McCown. They had Josh McCown. Hmm. And uh, he he took over that following year with Josh McCown as the gotcha. that's he like who he supplanted. He went two and eight his first year with Arizona. Well, remember Warner? Good. We thought we thought Kurt Warner was literally I think dead like two two or three times in his career, and the dude yeah. was like he came back. They draft all right, so they drafted Liner after, and Warner just came back. He just came back from the dead. They drafted Kurt. They drafted Liner. His second year in Arizona because again they were horrible, and then Warner's rookie year he was ass, and then Warner 
won the took the job the next year, and then the next year they went to Super Bowl, which was one of the better Super Bowls uh, of my life. Yeah, that was and, that Larry Fitzgerald had an absolutely demonic playoff run. Mm-hmm. If anyone remembers that, like absolutely was unguardable. Like he, him, he was giving Ike Taylor the business in that Super Bowl. <laughs> Just wish they would have won that one. Yeah, yeah. But that that Ben Roethlisberger throw to Santonio Holmes is literally one of the most insane throws I've seen. Like, uh, like yeah, it's, it's like, throw and catch. I mean, what a what a just ridiculous throw. Yeah. And then you yeah. add in the fact it was on that stage, right? Just a, just incredible for sure. Just stupid, man. That was a great Super Bowl. Hmm. That also it has like the the completely insane play right before the half, right? Yeah. Like the ninety nine yard touchdown. There was only was... like seven blocks in the back on that. Like it was crazy. <laughs> like it was wild. Why do you that hate play? fun? Why do you want to spoil that? It was. It was fun. It, rule of cool. That's right. It's that's like the Lions play that happened on Saturday. Night. Like rule of cool. Like rule of cool should always pr- take precedent. It stands because it was cool. And that's why you're. So you're right. All right. Uh, I think I have an intentionally funny, unintentionally funny movie that we can kind of, you say, we were, we were kind of hoping for this to be unintentionally funny and not really. It was more like, you know, a lot of dramatic stuff and whatever. It wasn't necessarily, there wasn't a lot of funny parts outside of the, the actual football play, which is, you know, I don't, I guess they didn't have any on set to, uh, you know, direct what football is supposed to look like sometimes. So I have two movies to propose. One actually kind of blends in with this movie. Uh, I'm sorry, it blends in with this show. It just kind of works out. Uh, I'll say I'll save that one in a second, but I'm going to start with, and I feel like I've, I've pushed this agenda several times, so I'm bringing it back. And this feels like a unintentionally comedy, uh, you know, type movie. You know it. You know we've talked about it several times. You don't forget it once you hear the title. You're never going to forget. Money plane. Like who doesn't want to see? <laughs> <laughs> Have you ever thought? You know what I want to see is I want to see a bunch of billionaires gamble on completely ridiculous things. I want Kelsey Grammer. I want Thomas Jane. I want Denise Richards and I want Edge from wrestling fame. Um, okay. Yeah. Uh, but but I do want all those hilarious. things together. You're all right. <laughs> <laughs> the Venn diagram is just a circle. Everybody wants yeah. that for sure. Um, so Money Plane is in the pool. I've been trying to push that one. Just here, if you want a positive, it's only an hour and 22 minutes. Oh, only an hour I and love that. I, I want mm. all these things. <laughs> The second one, uh, I think I thought it was unintentionally hilarious at sometimes. It's got a real legit big name Hollywood actor. Uh, it's got a starlet. It's Ben Affleck and uh, Anna Darmus. And we're talking about the ocean. Have you guys seen Deep Water on the Hulu? No, no. I know what movie no. you're talking about, though. And I love some Anna Darmus. Yeah, it's. I'm telling you, there's like, there's like, I saw this. I saw this like basically when it came out. It came out in 2022, but I'm, ha- I will happily watch it again. There, like, I had a little, like, legit, like, LOL moment when, like, it's like dramatic things are happening, and it's just, you've ever seen that, like, oh my god, this is what they're doing, and like, it's just hilarious. Mm-hmm. This movie does that. Um, so I, I, if you guys want to lobby, if you feel, if you really want to see Money Playing, by all means. But, you know, Deep Water, it sort of ties mm-hmm. in with the theme of the show with the ocean. You had a harder pitch on the uh, Edge movie. <laughs> well, well, I, what I would say if I were pitching these two movies, yeah, the money plane feels like week 18 because <laughs> it had a very week 18 description. Yeah, yeah, like you like you were just describing week 18 as you pitched that movie. I'm, I'm pretty just sure. like Roddy Rivers, basically. <laughs> I'm pretty sure Harrison Bryant is in the plane. Yeah. <laughs> I, I think it's like billionaires gambling on like completely like just like it's like 
you're in the they're in the air, and I think Edge is trying to steal the money from all these billionaires. I mean, uh, no, it's wild. I, well, yeah. I, I don't want to give anything away. Um, but <laughs> I, I kind of want, yeah. Take this. Tree I, I'm happy. Whatever you guys want. It sounds like you guys want money playing, which is a hilarious. I mean, Rob made a great uh, correlation there. It is very week eighteen for sure. Um, but uh, here's the thing: you gotta like pay like five bucks for it. I don't think it's streaming anywhere. I don't that uh, that changes okay. exactly. Just... Amazon had uh, the American uh, Underdog on sale. I only had to pay two bucks for that. I, I had but, I had uh, a dilemma. Did you not have the dilemma where you're like? They, where they get you, it's like it was two dollars to rent, but it was four dollars to buy it. And I was yes, like, I stared Ugh. at it. <laughs> <I was> like, <laughs> that's when you I'm know like, you're in for us. That's when you know you're in for a show. <laughs> I was like, I, it was know, on I don't sale. want to own this movie, I'll, but it is only two dollars more. I'll gladly pay if everyone else will. Yeah, I'm in. Yeah, I don't give a shit. All right, so uh, it sounds like it's Money Plane, an action mystery thriller from 2020. Yeah. Uh, we're gonna go with Money Plane. For do you want do you want like the synopsis or no? You want to go in cold? You want to go in cold, right? Cold. Yeah, yeah. I don't. I, I just yeah. need. I heard. I heard over. the cast. It's all. That's the yeah. synopsis. It's all I need. <laughs> yeah, there's nothing else. There's nothing else you need for sure. Uh, those in the chat, feel free to like play along at home and watch the movie, and come back next week as we discuss Money Plane and discuss, uh, of course, the playoffs. Historical uh, anomaly. Game. Historical anomalies in the chat is saying that money plane is free on Tubi. So, if you oh, know. commercials, right? Tubi is yeah. commercials, but like I think you can watch everything for free there. Yeah, there you I go. That, Was the Three Musketeers uh, guy in the chat today? And we didn't get the Three Musketeers. <laughs> <laughs> I haven't seen it. I mean, he seventeen weeks he's been pitching. You telling me he didn't come for week eighteen? He need, he needs a week off for the wild card. Just gotcha. just just wait till next year when every week we review a different. <laughs> Three Musketeers movie, other than the one that he wants. <laughs> How many weeks can we do that for? Like ten weeks or so? There's a whole bunch of them, I think. Oh, but, I bet uh, you we can do it for more than ten weeks. Yeah. <laughs> I I can dig up some Three Musketeer movies. I guarantee it. Um, not to make this show any longer, but did you guys see that Mickey Mouse has gone? Mm-hmm. Steamboat Willie is out of um, Disney's hands, and it's in the public domain. And oh, and it's like of, in a video game now, right? They're doing a horror movie, like, correct? like 15 horror movies based off of it already these are the ip grabs that these companies do can't you just like uh re, re uh up the copyright how does that i don't know how that works like it's they, i don't think after it. 100 years i think after 100 years you lose it it goes into public domain it's not long enough is it <laughs> i'm not i'm not here talking on behalf of big disney but uh i yeah. might be wrong i guess we'll get some things up out of it yeah, I don't yeah. know how that stuff works, but that's I did see like evil uh Mickey Mouse in a video game. I'm like, what is this? I'm like, why would Disney sign off on this? I guess this is the reason why they had no say. They couldn't yeah, they, stop it. They can't stop it. Okay. Just like um, Mickey Mouse. Can we stop Disney though? We still can't. It's too big. I don't too know. Big we, to slow down, huh? They they were finally not the number one movie studio this past year. So what was number one? I think Universal took it with Oppenheimer, Barbie. Fast. Fast X. No, they didn't have Barbie. They had one more, though. That was pretty big. I forget what the other big one was. All right. We've kept the people enough. We kept them for two hours. Do appreciate y'all hanging out with us. Do hit that like button. Do subscribe. Turn on those notifications. Do all those things. Do appreciate that. Also, join the Listener League. You can get yourself a month free of Rotogrinders Premium as well. Once again, uh, if you are still hanging out, if you're still listening 
do want to shout out last week's winner, which was the Fog Ducker. The Fog Ducker, contact me. We'll hook you up with a month free. <laughs> I stared at that a couple of times. I got to pause because I want to say, I don't know if I'm trying to, yeah, it's trying to try to trip me up there with that name, but uh, got it right. Rich, tell the people where they can find you, all the good stuff, give them the socials, everything before we get out Buddy, of here. It is week 18. <laughs> 272 <laughs> games, Dean. I wrote them all up. I will write a playoff game so you can check it out at sharpfootballanalysis.com. But, Dean, we're here. We're just going to enjoy our own money playing this weekend. I'm excited to watch money playing and talk about it next week. Rob, uh, whatever sort of – I know you have, like, your hands in, like, 17 different things, whatever you want to throw out there. Tell them about I, the castle. I'm uh, in the castle. You, you can go on the Spike Week Discord. You can see all the pictures from in this castle that I've posted. Or you can go to the Hometown Ghost Stories Discord and do that. But I'm not going to mail it in like Reeves. You can go to spike week and we are helping you draft your playoff best ball teams whether it's on underdog whether it's on drafters you can go over there we have tools made for it this is our time to shine in best ball just like it is the other 10 months out of the year where we get no time off and we're sleep deprived and all i do is talk about best ball and i'm probably gonna have a stroke within the next 48 hours because of it but go over let's draft some best ball teams some playoff ones it's honestly my favorite form of best ball that there is. Hey, Rich, I meant to ask you about, uh, can you give me like 30 seconds on those uh, Reese's peanut butter animal crackers? Dude, oh. I mean, absolute made of 100% heroin. Just, <laughs> just, just made out of heroin. What, what is like the over under them. the number? You put your hand in the bag. How many do you have? The like serving one... size says four crackers. Dude. I, just I, like this show. <laughs> yeah, man. The over is a lot. <laughs> <laughs> We've been on for too long. <laughs> Fortunately, I'm going to mail it in because I have nothing to remote. So I'm going to go uh, eat animal crackers and play video games. Oh and Rob, feel free, as long as you don't make that joke again, to invite me on your show. <laughs> Cause I got nothing better to do for the next couple weeks, buddy. Let's do it for, for producer Steve, uh, for Rob, for Rich, for John, for Jones's good ass barbecue and foot massage. I was Dean. Yeah. Thanks for listening. Good luck uh, in week 18, the old information slates and uh, come back, come back because we're going to knock out some playoff content as well. This was the pick six show. We're out of here. Oh,